Keltec is a proud sponsor of the Talking Lead Podcast and the Leadhead Brigade. media that we have these days so and today being 9-11 I mean what a great opportunity to have you on being uh Green Beret and I think I've heard a little bit about your story and that's kind of what got you pushed you into the military and in service so thank you for your service yes sir absolutely this day changed my life absolutely it changed everybody's life that was around then definitely it sure did uh, you're a celebrity personal security uh, agent as well. Yeah, so it's fine. It's been out there. So if you want to mention Kid Rock, you can. I'm security for Kid Rock. I just left there to be here with you. Okay. You didn't, he didn't want to come be on the show too? Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> come on, kid. Oh, I'm just kidding. You ready? you ready to get started? You ready to do this? Yes, sir. Let's roll. All right. Let's do it. All right, all right, all right, Leadheads. We are back with another episode of the Talking Lead Podcast. I am your host, Lefty. Ten years of leducating the uneducated here on the Talking Lead Podcast. And to celebrate that, as you know, our avid listeners know, we are celebrating with a big-ass giveaway. The Talking Lead and Friends Freedom Giveaway, where we've got over $6,000 in prizes that's going to go to UNO, one person. So it started the 1st of September and it's going to go until the end of September. So you've got some time and you've got opportunities to get additional entries into that. So go sign up. There's links on our uh, Facebooks, Instagrams, website, and then all of our participants, which there are a lot. So Keltec. Keltec Weapons, we've got an RDB Defender Rifle, a P-15 Pistol, a KS-7 Shotgun that Keltec's putting up. Our sponsor's Mission First Tactical, they've got an Acro Sling Bag, an Acro 22L Bag. They've got some awesome drinkware, which you guys see me drinking from each and every month here on the Talking Lead Podcast. I got something different most times. Uh, they've got a custom holster for that P-15. They've got magazines. AR magazines for the RDB Defender Rifle, 30 round if your state allows, if you're the winner. Of course, if you can't have any of this shit and you live in a state or area where you can't have it, then you can't win. So, sorry. Follow your local rules and regulations. Uh, Unless you're in uh, New Mexico, then you can tell that governor to kiss your ass. Uh, You know what's going on in in, uh, in New Mexico, Daniel? No. Okay, so we're gonna you'll learn something about that today too. I'm gonna be enlightened, yeah. <laughs> and that's my guest. I'm gonna introduce uh, Daniel here in just a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of you know because I made a post on Instagram asking for questions for Daniel. So we're gonna fill those questions too, Daniel. Don't let me forget uh, to do that. And we're gonna give away one of your books, and we've got some stuff from Seal One and Mission First Tactical also that we're gonna reward you listeners with. 
But the, the on with the contest, SEAL 1, speaking of SEAL 1, they've also got their cleaning kit and their cleaning rod kit involved in this. So it's everything, Daniel, that you need to be the boss at the range. We've got, you see my new uh, T-shirt here? This is our new logo. You see our old one back here behind me. This is our new one. So we're launching our new logo also, Daniel, as part of, nice. this, as part of this big giveaway. Kraken Case Company. Uh, they just came out with their Sigma rifle case. So, uh, you know, as you guys have heard in the past episodes, we're trying to fill that rifle case. And it's a giant rifle case, Daniel. It's super huge, two two layers. It'll hold all three of those guns and all this stuff, most of it that I'm talking about here. We've got ammunition wow. for, the, for the guns from Defiant Munitions. We got EarPro, iPro, Tactical RX with the iPro, Walker's Ear with the EarPro, Vortex Optics. We're going to put optics on your rifle and your shotgun for you. We've got Enforce, so you're gonna have weapon lights on your rifle and your shotgun. We've even got a custom blade from STA Blades. Our good buddy Jared over there made one special just for this contest. So that's gonna be included. And then when you're at the at the range, Daniel, what do you like to do? You like to like to shoot at things, right? Like to blow oh, yeah, yeah. like Absolutely. to blow shit up, right? Firebird, Tannerite? Tannerite? You got, got Firebird targets better than Tannerite. Oh, nice! Have you tried Can those I out yet? <laughs> you are absolutely eligible. Yes, you're not an employee right. or an agent of any of these companies, correct? Correct. <laughs> well, then you are absolutely eligible, sir. Get on there, get your entries, and as you guys are listening to this. You need to go back to the AK Corner episode, which is the episode prior to this, and that's where you're going to get that secret code to get 500 additional entries into this contest. All <laughs> right? 500 additional. So, I'm just going to I'm going to I'm going to show you this. I'm going to share my screen. You see my screen? Yes. All right. So, this is the Talking Lead and Friends giveaway here. You see on my right hand side, there's the, the rifles from Keltec. So you got the shotgun, the rifle, the pistol. You got the Kraken case. So this has got this memory foam inside of their cases. So instead of having to laser cut, they've got this this memory foam that's in that it's you can cut it, it's heat resistant, it folds, it takes its shape right back on. Very cool. That's what makes these really cool, these cases. Sets them apart from all that the other nice. ones. Uh, and then there you can see the bags, the drinkware from Mission First Tactical, the magazines, their AR magazines, a custom holster, and of course a hat and t-shirt with our new logo, the new Talking Lead logos that Black Tie Digital Marketing helped us design. And you get this awesome 9mm and 223 from Defiant Munitions. Very high quality ammunition from our buddy over there at Pete. Pete Pie. Seal one. You got to clean those guns after you shoot them. Of course, you don't have to. I don't most of the time. But I, I do the seal one when I first get my guns. It's seal one and done. And then that seals them, makes it more accurate. And then when you need to clean them up, they clean up real easy. Uh, weapon lights from Enforce. You familiar with Enforce? They make some awesome weapon lights. Very 
Got two though. There's the uh, iPro from Tactical RX. There's the EarPro. There's that custom knife from STA Blades. There's the optics, and you get an optic mount also from Vortex. So there you go. Nice. That's that's it, Daniel. You need to get on as soon as we get off here and yeah, I do. <laughs> get your entries in on that thing, man. Tell kid everybody listening to get your entries on too. That's yeah. right. Tell kid he Some needs to stuff. enter that too. <laughs> hey there, Leadhead Brigade. Lefty here with some important news for you. Forecasters from the University of Arizona warn that 2023 will be a very active hurricane season, and they're asking people to get prepared. They're expecting the number of major hurricanes this year to be similar to 2017, which saw the extremely intense and damaging hurricanes that we all heard about, Harvey, Irma, and that nasty old Maria. How bad can it get? Well, when Hurricane Ida hit the Gulf Coast, it destroyed countless homes and left many without access to food, clean water, millions lost power. Most didn't have power for weeks. The floods that followed the hurricane washed out the roads, made it impossible for grocery stores to restock their shelves. Families were left hungry and desperate, waiting for help that was slow to arrive. But what if you didn't have to be reliant on the government, FEMA, your neighbor, grocery stores during these crises? The answer is simple. Be prepared with emergency food kits from 4Patriots. Their long-lasting, delicious food options are specifically designed to provide you and your loved ones with the sustenance you need when you need it the most. 4Patriots survival food kits are hand-packed in the USA. They last 25 years. They come packed inside covert storage totes. They include a wide variety of delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners. They've even got some snacks that are tasty. And they're backed by thousands of five-star customer reviews. Just go check out their website, 4Patriots.com, and read them for yourself. 4Patriots Survival Food is not just for natural disasters, because in today's world of uncertain supply chains and unpredictable emergencies, it's more important than ever to have a backup plan. Whether it's a temporary power outage, a winter blizzard, or rising food costs, which we're all feeling that these days, right? You can rest easy knowing that you have a reliable source of food to see you through it. And right now, you can go to 4 and use this exclusive code, LEADHEAD, all caps, LEADHEAD, one word, to get 10% off your first purchase on anything in the store, not just their food kits. So go check them out, 4 Use the code LEADHEAD to get 10% off your first purchase of 4Patriots Survival Food. That's 4Patriots.com, guys. Use the code LEADHEAD and get that 10% off. So, LEADHEADS, I'm going to, I'm gonna, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and introduce our guest. This is Daniel Fielding, and Daniel is a Green Beret. He also does celebrity personal security. So, you know, he's here in Nashville. There's a lot of celebrities here that need their, their assets protected. Uh, but he is also an author, and that's what we're here to talk about is Daniel's new book, The Asset Mindset. So we, we want to talk to Daniel about that, too. And, of course, we're going to answer your questions. So, Daniel, welcome into the show. Appreciate you coming. Lefty, it's great to be here. I'm already having fun, and we just began, so I'm looking forward to the rest of this interview, and it's an honor to be here. With this other show is, Patriots. if nothing else, it's fun. We have fun on this show. <laughs> we have a good time. So uh, we're going to find out more about you, Daniel, as we get in. And you want me to call you Daniel is it, or Dan? What do you go That's by? That's fine. Yeah, either way. I mean, my book's Daniel Fielding, so 
most of the time, you know, when I'm doing book interviews or podcasts, it's Daniel, but my friends call me Dan. Other people call me Daniel. I don't care. I got thick skin. Like I talk about my book. You could call me whatever you want. And I'm not going to get upset. <laughs> so we've got mutual friends. Art at Royal Range, a uh, good friend of mine, friend of the show. We've been up there and recorded many times. He's been on the show several times. Um, so I'm going to call you Dan. <laughs> okay, do it up. There you go. And you can call me Lefty or you can call me Marty, either one. Okay. All right. So um, Daniel... The book. Did you have the book there? Can you hold that up? I think you got it over there. I don't have a copy of it. So there it is. The Asset Mindset, a Special Forces Perspective for Achieving Success. And uh, we're going to get into that book because we all want to be successful. You know, and we all want to have that. And I have this little code, so I don't know if that'll work for any of your viewers, but I'll try and hold it still. Oh. That'll take you right to a link if you need it and you want to buy it. Okay, there you go. Now, are you on Amazon with this book? Yes, I'm on Amazon. I'm on Barnes and Noble, um, everywhere. I'm now signed with Simon and Schuster, so it's uh, worldwide. We're taking the asset. <laughs> get rid of the crybabies and snowflakes. I love it. Jack wagons, you know. We gotta wake them up. The woke people need to be woken up. It's ironic. Hey, congratulations on signing with Simon and Schuster. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, big, big deal. I was blown away. You are uh, in good company there. Jack Carr is with Simon & Schuster. He's been on the show several times. Brad Thor. I'm sure you probably have met Brad being there in Nashville. Uh, he's he's with Simon & Schuster. We just did a, a review on his, his latest book the other day called Deadfall. Very good book. Uh, and Jim Shockey also. Uh Great hunter and outdoorsman, Jim Shockey, also uh, Simon & Schuster there. So you're in great company, buddy. Yeah, and I got a few other, oh yeah, a few other Green Beret friends of mine as well. There's Tim Kennedy. Tim Kennedy. That's a uh, former Special Forces UFC guy. We went through the Q course together in SEER school. And then a good friend of mine, Lieutenant Colonel Scott Mann, who's doing the last out play, uh, eulogy of a Green Beret with the Gary Sinise Foundation. They're awesome. both signed with Simon & Schuster as well. So yeah, that's a... A good publisher that does support a lot of military and patriotic people. There you go. Awesome. So when we get to the uh, Jack Wagons and Heroes, let's throw them on the hero uh, side of things, Simon & Schuster, because they're they are doing uh, amazing things by giving uh, our military men and women a voice and an opportunity uh, to be seen and heard through their publications. So that's awesome. I love that. So I'm on your website right now. So Leadheads, you can go to the asset minded. I'm sorry, the asset mindset.com. Uh, and then I guess you can order it from here too. Can't you? The book? Yes. Yeah. If you go to the books, uh, books, books there, right there. Boom. Boom. And then it says click to buy now. Just go click to buy now. So this is brand new. So it just came out September the 5th this month. Um, yes, and Leadheads, as, as you're hearing this, this is 9-11. This is the 20, 22nd year uh, yes. from the uh, World Trade Center attacks, New York attacks there on our country. And um, I couldn't think of a better person to have on the show for this than Daniel. So, uh, again, Daniel, thank you so much for joining us, taking the time. Thanks for having me. Truly. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Uh, so, Daniel...
we're gonna we're gonna learn more about you and your books but you know that thing i mentioned earlier about jack wagons and heroes it's time for that so gunny bring that train in Hoorah, Semper Fi, do or die, hold them high at 8th and I. It is time for the talking lead Jack Wagon of the Week, so brace yourself, baby. Private pile. Private pile. <laughs> All right, the train has stationed, and let me quit sharing my screen here. So you guys go check out uh, Daniel's website. And I've got several Jack Wagons, and I know you lead heads have been just slamming my email box with with nominations uh, and you've got you know several and you have the right to do that because I mean I, we're just full of them this week so I'll just start off with Liberty safe because because Daniel's not familiar with what's going on with with Liberty safe so you know the the election insurrections when all that was going on and all these people that they've been convicting and putting in jail Yes, yeah, yeah, from January 6th, yes, yeah. sir. So one of the people that they were putting, I can't remember who it was, but one of the people that they were putting away, the FBI wanted access to his safe, and he wouldn't give them the combination. So they contacted Liberty Safe, and, of course, Liberty Safe just willy-nilly gives them the backdoor code to get into the safe. And they confiscate uh, all his guns, you know, everything like that. So, we all know, being freedom-loving patriotics, patriotic Americans, that, well, if it's a safe, it's supposed to be safe, there's supposed to be one code to get in it, and there shouldn't be a back door there, but apparently there is. So, And I understand that they have them for when people lose or forget it, their combinations, you know, they've, they've got that. But that shouldn't be public information or government information either unless they've got some sort of special warrant or something like that but even then but liberty safe came out with this statement that oh yeah what we did and why we did it and uh you know we would do it anytime they ask for a warrant or or anything like that we're going to give it to them you know we're going to give them those codes and the internet went bonkers everybody was and you've seen some of the memes because you're you're yeah, telling me you're like meme i was talking about it was yeah. down by the trash barrel on the side of the road yeah and you've seen the ones with bud light inside of them with the dylan mulvaney holding the door open <laughs> <laughs> alternate uses for your liberty safe i've seen those memes um uh but yeah so and then and then they tried to backstep that and they cut they came out with a new policy and it was like some big three pages of you know, now we're going to let our our customers decide if they want that information or not public or, you know, some, some shit that you got to sign off on or something like that. I don't know. But it's too little too late. And I would be very surprised if they survived this, this turmoil, this, this uh, onslaught, this hurricane, this disaster that's getting ready to, to hit them. And I, I'd say that they're ill-prepared for it, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, I, can, I mean, I, I think most safe companies probably have, like, that backdoor code just for that reason, that if you're a customer and you lose it, then, you know, you you want to have another way to be able to get into your safe or, you know, you got a family member that passes away and all their stuff's in there and you can't get in it, you know, without putting a bunch of Tannerite on it. <laughs> <laughs> Or Firebird target. Tools might work. Yeah. 
but just willy nilly handing it over to the feds uh, without just cause or without warrant. And I think they did that, that they just gave this up uh, to the feds without a warrant or anything. So that's incredible, especially where if you read the Constitution, like when they do search and seizure, they are supposed to name the place and the items that the warrant pertains to. Exactly. So you're not supposed to go into the whole home everywhere. If you believe there's evidence in certain location, your warrant is for that location. Like, oh, in the garage, you maybe have stolen items. Well, you go into the garage and look for them. That doesn't mean you get to go in the whole house. Exactly. My understanding. I'm not a lawyer, but, you know. Yeah, check your check your laws, but, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I think that's what everybody's understanding is about that. So, yeah, so that's all I'm going to say about it because there's enough being said on all the other channels and – if you go to YouTube, I'm sure it's just flooded with uh, with people's opinions on this. But yes, and I know that some of you leadheads has, have sent it in um, as your nomination. Who was like one of the first ones here? I think Aura was one of the first ones. Yeah. So leadhead Nikolai Aplanap says, So Liberty Safe had apparently been helping out Big Brother supplying the master codes for their safes. Because we all know that the feds know what's best for us and should have unlimited access to everything we own. Friggin' jack wagons. So, there you go. Definitely jack wagons. They get a ride under the train for that boneheaded move. So what about you, Daniel? You got any you got any jack wagons? Anybody come to mind that you want to call out as being... Right now, here in Nashville, there's a mayor race that's going on. That <laughs> there's a jack wagon involved there. Yeah. O'Donnell. <laughs> that is true. Say his name again. So, yeah, he's O'Donnell. He's running for mayor in Nashville. We need Aoli. She's, you know, nice, conservative woman. And I, I love how the left also shoots down conservative women. Like, they're for, all for women's rights or, oh, women and this and that. But oh, if you're a conservative woman... All of a sudden now you're not part of their minority anymore and you're, you know, it's, it's so scary what's being done to people right now and the twisting and the manipulation. Yeah, absolutely. That's going to be a nasty race too, I think, there in, in Nashville. Yeah. Oh, only a few more days, the 14th, that's it. So it's coming up. So by the time you guys hear this, it, it will have been over. So what's your prediction? Who do you think is going to win that? I think the libtards are going to be... I'm, I'm... I'm scared. I'm going to tell you right now. Last time I checked the Tennessean, he was still up. Yeah. But, you know, I always got, she's got some people that are pushing behind her and trying to help her. And hopefully she can cross the finish line. Cause we all know polls aren't always accurate. Polls so, aren't, <laughs> they aren't always accurate, but seeing how, uh, libtard Nashville has become. Yeah. I can kind of see her not making it through, but I wish her the best. Definitely. Yes. Definitely wish wish her the best. Um, so let me go through this real quick. Other jack wagons. Got Liberty Safe. Oh, another one. Uh, what's going on in New Mexico? So the governor in New Mexico, um, what's her name? Uh, I've got it here somewhere. She's got some weird name. So Democrat New Mexico Governor Michelle Lu L U J A N Luan maybe Lujan Grisham 
is coming under fire for members of her own party after temporarily suspending open and concealed carry across Albuquerque under an emergency health order. She called it an epidemic. And my understanding, an epidemic has to do with like health, like actual viruses and disease. Firearms are not a disease. Firearms don't cause diseases other than death. I mean, they can cause that definitely and some uh, uncomfort, but. But that's not a disease. It's not a disease. If you look at the definition of what an epidemic is, it has to do with like viral diseases and things like that. So bacterial. But if you look at if you look at what's what these libs are are trying to do, anytime that they want to take more control or do something that they're not supposed to be doing, taking our rights away, they call it an epidemic. And a health concern, and they try to say they try to bend it under those guidelines, so that they expand their their controls. And I think that's what this lady was trying to do too. She says, "I support gun safety laws." However, no wait, who is this? This is not her saying that. These are people who are opposed. So there's people in her own party apparently that are opposing her on this too. I believe they're trying to impeach her too. Yeah. So she, oh, and she so should be. Talk of impeachment. So she temporarily suspended opening concealed carry laws in Bernalillo County for at least 30 days starting September 8th. So it's already in effect. The announcement uh, was spurred by the fatal shootings of young children, including a 13-year-old girl in July, a 5-year-old girl in August, and an 11-year-old boy this month. And all of those were drive-by shootings. One was like a drive-by at a baseball field, I think, and the other was a drive-by at a trailer park. And they were, I don't know if they've caught the people or not, but, I mean, we all know that so they're probably thugs. Open not law-abiding citizens, no, that did it. No. I think they caught one of them, and there was like a, uh, a 16-year-old female and some other underage kids, gangs. Basically, you know, they don't call them yeah. gangs anymore, but they were gangs. It, it was all gang related stuff. Uh, she said, as I said yesterday, the time for standard measures has has passed. So what does she mean by that? The time for standard. So our Constitution, our rights, our laws, the time has passed to, to follow those. According to her office press release uh, on the order. And when New Mexicans are afraid to be in crowds to take their kids to school to leave a baseball game when their very right to exist is threatened by the protest or prospect of violence at every turn, something is wrong. Well, there is that. There is the prospect of violence at every turn, and there is always going to be, and we need the ability to defend ourselves and protect ourselves. And she's taking that right away from people is what she is trying to do. And I think I've read somewhere where she – she has conceded that what she's doing is ludicrous, basically, is what she said. But, again, it's this feeling that I've got to do something. You know, I've got to make something happen, and she's absolutely going about it the wrong way. And it's so wrong that she's even got people in her own party that are disagreeing with her. So that's how far-fetched she is and ludicrous that she is. And, yes, she needs to be ousted. No doubt about it. What's your thoughts on that? You got any thoughts on that? 
Oh, I definitely think she should be out. Going that extreme and banning open carry and going against the Constitution, especially where a lot of these shootings, as we all know, aren't law-abiding citizens. A lot of them, you also mentioned gang-related. Yeah. But now, especially in Arizona, Texas, California, a lot of them are even done by immigrants, which I hate to go back to that type of thing because I have friends that immigrated here. I got a good sure. friend that came from Cuba. And you know what? He loves this country, and he is so against the left right now because he's seen what communism and everything yeah. happened to his country when he was growing up. Well, let's clarify. Served. Let's clarify also, Dan, that you know, immigrant. We say immigrant. There's nothing wrong with with people immigrating to our country and coming. That's how this oh, country was founded. They love our country. Yes, most of them that immigrate, but they're illegal. Are. The ones that we are talking about. It's the illegal immigrants that hey, I haven't come here through the proper processes. I haven't been properly vetted through our system. Uh, but they're they're letting all these uh, gang members and thugs and criminals and mentally ill people just flood through our borders constantly. And we know this, you know, we know this as listeners to the show and we're preaching to the choir. But uh, the fact that that she has the audacity to to do something like this and not expect consequences to be done to her. You know, she definitely needs to to lose her seat as governor, without a doubt. Yeah, it sounds like she's going to, with people of her own party, are even turning against her because yeah. she's that far out there or that extreme. She's that extreme, and she's and uh, and I don't know that these people were illegal immigrants or not, but going by their names and pictures that I saw, I mean that's all I can really go by. But it is New Mexico. Yeah, and I don't know either, but I just know a lot yeah. of the crimes, yes. things I've seen in stories and talking to people in law enforcement, because we're doing security work and I, my background, I know a lot of people that do that stuff, and yeah. it's incredible. The factual statistics, if you look at the factual statistics, it will show that that's the case, you know, that's committing the crimes. Yeah. So uh, that lady... Again, I don't know what her name is. Again, I'll have to go back to the internet here and, and look her up. But uh, Grisham, Governor Grisham. Yeah, Michelle Grisham. There you go. Taiwan or Jaywan, I don't know. Luwan, however you say that. I'm I'm notorious for mispronouncing people's names, Dan. So it's, it's, all right. it's right yeah, on par for the I show. <laughs> and I have no respect for trying to even get her name right. So to hell with her. Uh, but yeah, you guys can go. There's all kinds of stories about that out right now too. So, uh, at your heart's desire and content, fill her inbox with Jack Wagon nominations. There. Let's see other Jack Wagons from you guys. Got some heroes here. Unless you got any more Jack Wagons, let's just jump to some heroes. You do, you good with that? Oh, I'm totally good with that. Okay. Let's do that. I'd rather talk about the positive people, positive things. Right, and that's what we do. That's we balance we it out. That. We have fun with the jack wagons, but then we, you know, we level it out. We bring it back home with some, some good old American heroes here. And Ed Burton, he sent this to me a while back, so he's probably thinking that I just missed it and overlooked it. Um, and and Ed, I've told you not to do. Don't send me Facebook links because <laughs> they don't come up. Uh, let's see. This is a true hero, co-worker, and friend. This little lady pulled two people out of a crashed and burning truck. 
Let me know if the link works or not. It doesn't work. Also, if it's possible to give her a letty, I'd be willing to cover the cost. Thanks. Trying to get these press releases and videos to you. So here is a here's a picture. I'll share this with you guys, but the link's not working that he sent me. So Deputy Query with Major Flory, Sergeant Smith, Chief Whitney, and Corporal Garner. So I assume it's the, the blonde lady there that you would like to honor. Deputy Query. So yes, you are a hero, and welcome to the Leadhead Brigade Air Force. We call it Lead Force instead of Air Force. Lead Force 1. And yes, uh, we will send her a Letty. So just send me her info, Ed, and we'll send her a, a talking Letty. So Dan, what a Letty is, it's it's like a Yeti, but it's a talking Letty. It has our logo on it, and it keeps your drink seconds colder than a Yeti, the talking Letty. <laughs> I don't have one handy, but our our Mission First Tactical big gulps work just as good, too, so... Maybe we'll send her one of those, too. She might rather have one of those than my logo stuff. I don't know. She might appreciate it a little more. Also, we've got, from you leadheads, a hero. Corey Brown says, We failed with abortion, but winning with the definition of a woman. Women's Bill of Rights, Biological Sex Definition, Standard of Judicial Review, SB 180. So it says, establishes the Women's Bill of Rights and provides a definition of biological sex for purposes of statutory construction. The bill sets intermediate constitutional scrutiny as a standard judicial review to be applied with regard to laws and rules and regulations that distinguish between the sexes and identifies those areas where distinctions between the sexes are related to important governmental objectives. The bill also requires certain entities that collect vital statistics for the purposes outlined in the bill to identify each individual who is part of the collected data set as either male or female at birth. The bill includes that individuals born with a medically verifiable diagnosis of disorder differences in sex development are to be provided available uh, federal and state legal to be provided a available federal and state legal protections. So the bill provides that despite any provision of state law to the contrary, the following apply with respect to the application of an individual's biological sex pursuant to any state laws or rules and regulation. An individual's sex means an individual's sex at birth, either male or female. A female means an individual whose biological reproductive system is developed to produce ova. A male means an individual whose biological reproductive system is developed to fertilize the ova of a female. Woman and girl refer to human females, and man and boy refer to human males. Mother means a parent or female sex, and father means a parent of the male sex. And with respect to biological sex, separate accommodations are not inherently unequal. And then it goes on. 
and gets into athletics and and all kinds of other stuff. But I mean, this is actual um, standard of judicial review verbiage here. Incredible that we're putting so much time and effort into that. And I could ask my four year old, and she knows the difference between a boy and a girl. She knows exactly the difference between a boy and a girl. Or I take it your kids go to private school. Yes, all three of them. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. So that's why they know and can dif- differentiate between a real female and a real male. So there you go, Corey. So thank you for that. I don't know exactly. I guess maybe you're the hero is is um, the them actually defining what a male and female is legally. So I appreciate that. So my hero, this being the 22nd year of 9-11, 22 years since the terrorist attack against our country, against our men and women. I think there was over nearly 3,000 men and women, children, that were massacred. Yeah, just the towers, I think it was 2,900. And so I have to look at the stats again, but that's not counting the Pentagon and Flight 93. So I think it's over 3,000 total that day. Yeah. And then... Of course, the after all the people that have died or have gotten sick after that are first responders that selfishly went in in harm's way to to save as many lives as they could and putting their own lives in danger. And a lot of them lost their lives as well. Um, But a lot of them are still feeling the effects of that. They're getting cancer from from that polluted air, you know, during ground zero there. so they're, I mean, I don't think they they even have numbers for that yet. I think the numbers are still coming in and oh yeah, they're still growing, still growing from that. Um, but yes, uh, all of our first responders, men and women, nine eleven, all the the men and women like yourself, Dan, that that decided that enough was enough and I need to get involved with this, and you joined the military. This is what this is the thing that sparked you joining the military. Less than 1% of all Americans will ever serve in uniform. Their average age is 23. The average age of an American serving in combat, just over 21. They come from every walk of life and ethnicity to represent the melting pot and diversity of our great republic. In the prime of their life, often just old enough to drink, or voting for the first time for their Commander-in-Chief. They serve our nation and risk their lives to preserve the freedoms and liberties we hold most sacred. To every veteran and for every measure of service, devotion and sacrifice you've given, we offer our sincerest gratitude and thanks. Yes, no, absolutely. 9-11 was the uh, spark that lit the flame inside me to join the military. Absolutely. How old were you when this happened? I was uh, uh, 26. 26. And I enlisted at 27, and I turned 28 in basic training. 
I was older than one of my drill sergeants and he's like, what the hell are you doing here? You've got a college degree and you have a real estate license and you're signing up for the infantry to then try and become a Green Beret. I'm like, damn right I am. <laughs> you damn skippy. Where do I sign, brother? <laughs> yeah. Well, the best way to support the troops is be there with them. That's what I figured. Because in the beginning, I'm like, yeah, support the troops, support the troops. And I'm watching, you know, on TV, people saying goodbye to their families, saying goodbye to their wives and kids. And at that point, I wasn't married and I didn't have any kids. And I'm like, well, this is bullshit. You know, if anyone should be going, it should be me. And then I started doing my research. That's why there was a little bit of a delay because I didn't want to just jump in without thinking. Yeah. So I was like, all right, what branch do I want to be in? What do I want to do? And I just I fell in love with the Green Berets and the unconventional warfare and just working with the local populace, you know, local nationals. And I'm like, that's that's what I want to do. And, and I walked in the recruiter's office. He didn't have to pitch me anything. I told him the position, the job I wanted. And he looked at me like, you know, I had something growing out of my forehead. He's yeah. like, you're going to come in and walk off the street and go special forces. I get some questions for and he asked me you know you ever been arrested or do you have a record and, you know what about this and what about that and i was able to uh get over all the hurdles and the red tape took my test and scored high enough you know i'm not the smartest ball but i'm not the dimmest <laughs> uh, so at 22 is that we said you're 22 27 uh, i was 27 when i enlisted 27 uh you were a real estate agent yes Real estate agent? Were you in school? Real, real estate salesperson. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I had my license as a salesperson. So yeah, it was it was funny, you know, because they also wanted me because I had a degree. I had a four year degree of bachelor's. They wanted me to go to OCS, and they get more points. I found out later, you know, recruiters like, oh, I recruited this guy to go to OCS. Right. And I'm like, no. I've done my research. If I go OCS, I have to go to the regular army for two years before I can even go to selection and join special forces. And then that's like a two year pipeline. It's going to be four years. Like I want to get in the fight now with these guys as soon as possible. So I pushed aside the whole officer pay and everything. And I was like, went and enlisted and you know, I don't nice. regret any of it because it's been amazing and I wouldn't change a damn thing. Yeah. Where did you go to college? Um, Bridgewater State University in uh, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Is that where you're from originally? Yeah, I was born just south of Boston. Gotcha. Okay. I detect a little accent there. Which, yeah, a little bit. It comes out sometimes. My wife says, you know, if I have a little bit of whiskey, it comes out a little more. But. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. And I'm sure if you go home and visit, it comes out a lot. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's, it's not super strong. No, it really isn't. Yeah. My, my mom, God bless her soul, she just passed away this year. She was like, wicked pissa, potty, you know, you want to have a beer? <laughs> wicked good to see you. I'm glad you're here, honey. I love you. You know, like, it was all the... Nice. Well, yeah. Now, but before so you... It's funny, when I do go home, I hear everybody else, because I've been living in the South now for a while. I went to Benning first, then I was in Fort Bragg Station there, or Fort Liberty now. Yeah. And... Now I'm in Nashville, so I've, I've been in the South quite a bit. I was going to say, the, the military probably got that accent out of you, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, basic training, I was known known as Boston. Because then it was, it was wicked hard to get rid of it then back there. I tell you. <laughs> you know, hey, Boston. I'm like, no, my name's Dan or Daniel. 
<laughs> Come on, mofos. Get it right. Yeah. But it's all good. You know, I, I loved it, man. I really do. Especially it was a special time to join then because everybody after 9-11 was joining for the right reasons. Yeah. They were going to serve. They knew it was a time of war. They wanted to do the best they could for their country. They were motivated. They weren't signing up to go to college. And I'm not knocking anybody that signs up to go to college or anything like that. Sure. But it was just a different mindset. It wasn't, you weren't going to just join to do a career or get a job. You were joining to make a difference. You were joining to fight terrorism. Yeah. You were joining to protect the world. Just a sense of and unity. It was just such an honor to serve with those people. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I don't think there's probably recruiters have ever had an easier time of recruiting than during that time, except maybe, you know, World War II. Oh, now they're struggling because of the leadership. And I really think it comes from the top down. Not surprised. I mean, are we surprised at all that people don't want to join the military with all the the rhetoric and bullshit that's going on with the, again, the, the definition that I just read of, you know, the sexes, what a male, what a female is. I have a buddy of mine that um, I served with, amazing man. He's actually in my book. His name's Brian. And he is a master sergeant retiring now. And he had to go through a briefing, okay? He was doing ROT stuff. And they were briefing him that they could not have the Gadsden flag in the barracks. So that was considered racist. How long ago but was this? Students were allowed to have Black Lives Matter flags. Oh, my and gosh. He stand during the briefing, and he's like, um, excuse me, the Gadsden flag, like, that's my license plate on my vehicle. That's a state government issued plate. Like that, that's not race. That came from like, that is not a race. Came from the revolutionary flag. war. Yeah. It was a but naval just, flag. That's how bad things are twisting and people don't know their history enough that they then just affiliate that with, Oh, that is racist. No, it's not yeah. like do your research. And that's a problem too, because now you talked about Facebook links or TikTok. People see one or two things and then they just, you know, buy into it. Yeah. Oh, that's how it is. And no. Well, they just automatically associate something that's not really associated with that group or that thought to it because it might be in the background or that person might have it there, you know, or, or that group. You know, I think that's kind of what happened with the, the Gadsden flag is, um, I don't know the exact moment that it happened, but yeah. Um, they associated it with racism because some uh, ACLU group or something didn't like this other group that was protesting them, and they had that flag, and they call it racist. Yeah. That's just a term that means nothing nowadays, too, racist. It's so watered down that it has no meaning anymore. That's overused. you know. And it's sad because there is real racism out there. Yeah. you know, And it's weakened the those real cases. Oh, absolutely. So now when people hear it, they're like, oh, yeah, it's racist bullshit. It's all just propaganda or whatever. And it's like, no, some is legit, but, you know, it's overused. Yeah, it it has been misused, overused and misused. And that's that's the problem. And that's what happens with words is when people misuse them uh, and take them out of context. Yeah, and they weaponize them. You know, they weaponize them. Politicize them. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that, you know, that's exactly what this, this chick in New Mexico is doing. This governor 
in New Mexico. She's trying to weaponize epidemic, you know, politicize the yeah. word epidemic to suit her needs and her purposes and her political aspirations. I mean, I don't. There's only one reason she would be doing it is, and it, it's an election season coming up. Uh, you know, it's it's visibility. Look how much coverage she's getting over this. Good, you know, whether they say there's no such thing as bad press. Well, I hope so. I hope there is in her case. I hope she gets ousted, without a doubt. Um, I don't know where we were headed with this, but we were talking about 9/11. You know, this is this is 22 years mm-hmm. of 9/11, and this that's what sparked your, um, you know, your career there with the military. How how many years did you serve? I did five active, and then after that, I did 12 years as a Department of Defense contractor, working with uh, active duty troops, whether it be NSW Naval Special Warfare. Uh, Special Forces, Green Berets, uh, did five years with MARSOC, and up until I moved to Nashville, Tennessee, and then that's where where I went and did security work uh, with Kid Rock. Okay. And when did you move to Nashville? How long have you been doing that? Um, I've been doing that for two years now. So I I moved in 2021. So during kind of the pandemic, 2020, 2021, I was here. Okay. So this is fairly new to yeah, you as I, far I as the the celebrity uh, security. That's that's fairly new for you. Uh, well, it's a funny story, and I do talk about it in the book. I actually met him in two thousand eight. So the story behind that is in two thousand seven, on my birthday, I was in Afghanistan, literally running missions and raiding houses. So I end up getting out, and a year later, it's my birthday again. So I decide to do something special for my birthday. And I go down to the Bahamas. I just show up day one there. It's my birthday. <laughs> I'm like fresh off of active duty. I think I've been off active duty for like 10 days. Yeah. You know, I think I might even still been on terminal leave. But anyway. So you're probably still amped up, I'm, still got the adrenaline and everything oh, going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I'm like, I want to have a good time, you know, and I'm listening to this music on the beach. And I'm like, oh, man, there's a bunch of good music over there. Maybe there's a bar or club. You know, I'll go there tonight, have a few drinks, have some fun, listen to music. So I walk, find out where this music's coming from. No shit, it's coming from Kid Rock and his private cabana. Because he's a passionate man for music, loves his music. Oh, he's everywhere we go. You know, he's got music. Yeah. All types. So I'm like, holy shit, that's Kid Rock. You know what? I have to go up and say thank you because I know all the support he gives the troops with the USO and going over there during Christmas time, whatnot. Right. So I walk up, I'm like, rock, I just want to thank you, you know, for all your support. And he's like, are you in? I'm like, well, no, actually I just got off active duty. He's like, well, what are you doing in the Bahamas? I'm like, well, today's actually my 33rd birthday. And he's like, what? It's oh, your birthday? Damn. You just got, let me buy you a drink. So we end up having a drink. He's thanking me for my service. I'm thanking him for his, you know, support and contributions. Sure. And another drink comes by, another drink. And he's like, you want to go to dinner? And I'm like, uh, okay. So I end up going to dinner. Then we end up going to the casino. Then we end up watching the sun come up. <laughs> and it's finally time to like go back to my room. So as I'm leaving, I go, Rock, thank you so much. Everybody says and jokes all the time, like, I partied like a rock star. I'm like, I actually got to party like a rock star. I appreciate it. And I shook his hand. And then after I shake his hand, he looks at me right in the eye. He goes, do it again tomorrow and points at me. I'm like, what? Do it again tomorrow? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I get that same cabana. Swing by again. I don't know. 1230, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, whenever. 
We'll do it again. Lo and behold, it turns into a three-day event. Hang Holy on. shit. What a birthday. Last night, we're leaving the casino. Some drunk guy starts making comments and whatnot and talking all kinds of shit. So at this point, I'm now three days in, hanging out with Kid Rock, who's spoiling the crap out of me because he's a patriot and loves sporting troops and wouldn't let me buy anything. Like, I went there with money, trying to go to the casino. He's stopping me. He's like, no. Your money's no good right now. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, no, I don't want to be that guy. He's like, no. So I am not letting some drunk jerk, you know, cause trouble, maybe yeah. a lawsuit or whatever. Ruin your good so time. I'm like, I'm like, Bob, get in the limo. I got this. So I get him in the limo. I kind of get in between that guy. I'm like, look, this is going to go really bad real quick. And at that point, I'm fired up. And oh, I'm, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. I was just in Afghanistan running missions. I'm not a small man. I'm 6'4". I think I was like, at that point, I might have been like 245, 250. You know, I'm a little skinnier now because I'm getting older and trying to not be so bulky and heavy <laughs> on the joints. But, yeah, I'm like, you Good don't want to do this. And he's like, all right, man, I'm cool. I'm cool. And he, like, walked away. I get back in the limo. Bob's like, man, you did that pretty good. I might have a job for you. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, Kid Rock's going to give me a job. He's like, I got to go to Europe, but I got your number, so I'll hit you up when I get back. And you're like, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. He's like, there's my once in a lifetime right there. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, whatever. It's cool. You know, it made me feel good, you know. Sure. He's a man of his word, you know, and he texted me on the phone. Hey, I got this show in the Borgata in New Jersey. I could use your help if you want to work. So... Lo and behold, I drive up from Fort Bragg and I go work. He's like, I'm happy if you're happy. The job is yours. So for two years, I toured with him, Leonard Skinner, and oh, went damn. outside the country, did all kinds of things. But in between touring, I would do my DOD work Yeah, because Fort Bragg's got a lot of training going on and whatnot and other group guys and team guys. So I was working contracts and doing stuff and things just kind of slowed down with his touring and we left on good terms. I was like, hey, I'm going to do more of the troop stuff. Cause he wanted someone that could be on call and he was still living in Detroit. Yeah. And I didn't work alone with him when I worked with him back in uh, 2009 and 2010. So there was multiple people involved and I was, you know, just one of a team. Right. So he's like, yeah, no big deal. I got my team. I got my people. We maintained a friendship. He actually, uh, one of my wife that I'm married to now, uh, he was one of the groomsmen at my wedding. He's that <laughs> cool. Like he flew in and I didn't tell anybody. I didn't even tell my mother. That he was coming he in? Was be there. Yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't want that. that to be a determining factor. That and I didn't want people bringing CDs or yeah. bringing this or bringing that. I mean, it's the bride's day, so you don't want to take away from her yeah, day. Yeah. yeah. Good man. Exactly. Good man. And so, yeah, he's there. And some of my wife's friends from, she works in the medical field in the hospital, like, that guy looks like Kid Rock. And they're like, uh, that is, Dan used to work for him, you know. And then I moved to Nashville, and he's moved to Nashville now. Yeah. And I was over visiting, hanging out, and he's like, hey, now that you're down in Nashville, you want to come back on and go full time? And I'm like, let me talk to the wife. My wife, you know, thinks Bob's a great guy. I mean, my kids call him Uncle Bobby. Yeah. And they've been over his pools, women. Like, it's just amazing. He's so grounded still. Yeah. You know, people make him out sometimes to be a bad guy, but they don't know him. You know, people call him a racist. His son's half black. 
Yeah, that's people who don't know. Again, it's those people who abuse the word. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because he shows American pride. He's he's a racist. That's that's ridiculous. Now I'm back with him full time. That's awesome, dude. That's a great story. That's like one of those great American American dream stories, right there. You know. That is awesome. Uh, I never would have imagined it. And it, it all honestly started, you know, and I try and focus on the positive things and like all the good things that happen in the world because there's good and bad. And I'm not saying it's all snowflakes and rainbows, but 9-11 was horrific. But we need to also remember all the good that came from it. How much did our country unite? How many acts of heroism? We're talking about heroes. Uh, what's it? Tunnel for Towers. Uh, Stephen, what was his name? Stephen Siller. I believe that ran in the tunnel and they started the tunnels for towers foundation that now helps vets or people that from nine 11, yeah. like that guy was a hero. He sacrificed everything People oh, yeah. in the towers, getting people out. There was a lot of, it's kind of like war to be blunt. There is evil there, but you will see the most acts of love people laying down their life to protect others. I got this. You go protecting children, doing things like, so that is the duality of the world. And I'm going to yeah. focus on the positive and see how many good things came from that. And let's not forget those that sacrificed or lost their lives. But let's understand how great we are as people to rise up and come above that. Because we did. And hopefully we can get back to that. Yeah, hopefully. <clears throat> you know, I, I hate to you know, use that as something to... to try to bring us back together because we were so unified as a country then and you know everybody put aside their differences and uh their you know their political views and and came together and was focused on you know overcoming you know that tragedy that happened and and of course you know there are people who take advantage of of situations like that too and we've seen throughout the years that that's been the case but yeah well said um couldn't have said it better myself so yeah absolutely and again thank you for your service and your willingness to to jump in the fight there. Absolutely. That was an honor. I'd do it again in a heartbeat. Go back in time. People are like, oh, would you still do it? Yes, I would. Yeah. You know, I lost some friends. I carry some on my arm here that will never be back. You know, but it's, i do it again in a heartbeat. There you go. I, I think most people that did, if you talk to them, they would do the same too. It's just amazing. Again, you know, we're close to the same age, but I'm 52. Uh, but okay. just, you know, I know a lot of people that that's what the reason that they got in the military, you know, it was, was that instant, you know, the nine eleven, And I guess a lot of the people now that, that joined then, uh, how long, when did you retire? I got out in uh, the end of 2008. Okay. No, you can retire. I didn't do 20 years. That's what I'm saying. I didn't like officially retire from the military. Okay. But because I'm older, like I'm going to be 48. A lot of people think, you know, oh, yeah, you retired from the military because I could. If I signed up when I was, you know, 18, 20 years, I would have retired at thirty-eight. Or if I signed up when I was twenty, I would have right. retired at forty. So yeah, so that's the and that that's good to know too. Is because I I misuse that a lot too. I'll say retired, but it's because you haven't put in the twenty years, so it's just former at that point. Or unless you're a marine, yes. you're always a marine. Well, I'm always a Green Beret. Just, you know. Yeah, yeah. You're not an ex-Green Beret. 
You're not an ex-Marine. Right. You're not an ex-SEAL. You're out, you know. <laughs> you still are. You're just not in that line of work anymore. <laughs> but you kind of are with the personal security there. So the personal security is just something that just kind of have. It's not anything that you trained for or, or, or you know, you know, where advertisers well, started a business for it, it just you just kind of fell into it, you know, kind of, kind of deal, which is awesome. Um, so, are you like his his one only like personal? You're the main man kind of deal because I know he still has like yeah, security, security details. I do work with other people, and we will have larger details for depending on the event where we're going. Right. But I'm the day to day in and out guy, and if we have plans or travel, I will coordinate with wherever we're going and other security or get guys on right. based on, you know, mission demands Yeah, or travel demands or show demands. What was your course of study when you were in uh, college? Uh, communications was my major and then business management was my minor. Business management, okay. So how did you get get into writing a book? How did the, the book come along? The Asset Mindset. Uh, it really stemmed from just helping people. And a lot of people said I needed to write a book because I've had pretty amazing experiences. My wife was one of them. Um, I have another friend that did the forward of my book who's written two books. Um, Tommy Serignano, great guy. And he's like, man, you've been around the world, been special forces, done security for Kid Rock. Like you should write a write a book. Well, I started writing when I was doing my Department of Defense contracting because I'd be in the hotel room alone. You know, I wouldn't have my wife or kids. I'd say goodnight or we'd FaceTime. And then that evening, instead of just sitting watching TV, I'd work on a book. And I've always tried to help people. Mm -hmm. I've always tried to serve in some capacity. And I was sharing my stories, but I was like, you know what? I want to have a moral to the story. And then I studied writing while I was there. Like, how do you write a book? And how do you make it interesting? And how do you start a chapter to end a chapter? And so I was like, you know what? I really want to help people with their mindset. And I took our motto, Deo Oppressor Liber, which is Latin to free the oppressed. That's Army Special Forces motto. And I wanted to take that and transfer it into the civilian world. And I believe people oppress themselves in their own minds, their own way of thinking. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, poor me. Oh, I'm a victim. Mm -hmm. And I want to mentally, you know, change that. I right. want to get in their head, plant seeds, you know, mentally put a boot in their butt or get them motivated or whatever it is and teach them that they are their greatest asset. You can change your life. If you want to be healthier, guess what? You can eat healthier. You want to be in better shape? You can go to the gym. You want to live somewhere else? Like, man, I wish I could live in Hawaii. Sell your stuff, move, go to Hawaii. Like, <laughs> yeah, you do are it. your greatest asset. Like, that's yeah. what I'm trying to teach people. Nobody's going to come knocking on your door if you want to be an actor and be like, hey, you want to be in this movie? You have to go to where the action is. Yeah. So I'm really trying to tell people to get rid of the I can't and get into the how do I. Because in special forces, missions, things that we were given, it's always, all right, how do I do this? We never like, oh, we can't do that and just blow it off. You adapt, improvise, overcome. Right. So I'm taking that special forces mentality and I'm putting it into a book. Using stories from Green Berets, I get my buddy Rami, who uh, I'm going to give a little shout out to Stay in Step. He was shot in the neck. He now runs Stay in Step. 
organization to help people with spinal cord injuries, people learning to walk again from car accidents or other tragedies. He could have retired medically, 100% disability, stayed at home, not done anything. He's running an organization now and is CEO, you know, director of this. And now they're doing another building. They have a gala that they're doing. What's his name? 23rd of September. Rami Camargo. He's in Tampa, Florida. Sounds familiar. Stayinstep.org. Say it again. Stayinstep.org. Okay. I think we've got like a little delay between you and I. Just like a little slight delay. Yeah. I don't mean to step on you, but... Um, no, it's okay. You're going to edit it later, right? I am a editing genius, so... <laughs> it'll be smooth. Yeah, I love the, the Instagram post you did with all the stuff. you got skills. Oh, yeah. Thanks, man. You want a side job? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not opposed to that. Just let me know. But, uh, yeah, so what I'm trying to do is take that mindset that Rami has, or I got my other buddy, you know, that retired from Delta Force. He got shot in the face. And he kept fighting. Yeah. And didn't give up. I I've mean, had Jay Redman. You familiar with Jay Redman? Jason Redman? Jason Redman. Yeah, he was uh, a man, not right now anyway, Navy SEAL. He wrote a book. I can't remember the name of the book, but he got shot in the face. Uh, and he's got, he does like motivational. Uh, he's got a motivational company and, and whatnot too. But anyway. Okay. Uh, I'll have to look him up then. He was on... Um, John Bernthal's podcast not too long ago. You know who John Bernthal is? The guy okay. who played The Punisher? Yeah. Yeah. So, no, really, really cool dude. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying. And, and that's what the military instills, I think, in at least they used to. Uh, you know, I don't know nowadays. It's questionable. But, you know, that positive mentality is that anything can be done. You Like you said, adapt, overcome. You have to overcome your fears, your negativity, and think positive. You know, it's all about positive mentality. And you're saying that... And a team. Like, teamwork is so key. That's the other yeah. thing I talk about. If you look at any Special Forces unit, there's a team. You get a group together that motivate each other, push each other. There's that competitiveness. There's everything. It just... The cream rises to the top for everybody. And it's... It's amazing. So I try and teach people in their own life as well. Build your team around you. You don't have to be in special forces to have the asset mindset. You can be a civilian. You can be a regular person. However, if you want to be in special forces or special operations, you better have the asset mindset or you're not going to make it. Yeah. You need to understand that you got to contribute. You control your destiny in so many ways. Yes, there's bad luck. Things can go wrong. But... Like I said, Rami got shot in the neck. He's in a wheelchair bound. He's still doing things and making the world a better place. Absolutely. And so who was your, I guess, greatest motivator in getting you to do this book? What was the final thing? It is like somebody said something or something happened that is like, all right, I'm doing this book. Got to do this book. I don't know if it was any one thing. It was kind of like, I'm just going to write. But I knew when I gave my first um, manuscript to someone and they read it and gave me feedback and it said it already changed their life. I was like, all right, there's something to this step because I was kind of writing it. I guess part of the motivation, too, for me was my son mm -hmm. and I wanted him and my daughters as they grow up. God forbid something ever happens to me, like they kind of had a guide for life and like how their dad 
thought about things and his perspective on the world. And so I was kind of writing to teach the next generation, but it turns out I'm teaching older generations as well. I recently, this year, had a 92-year-old woman told me my book changed her life. And I was like, what? I should be learning from you in your life. She goes, no, your book, I read your book. She goes, I went back out and got a job. She goes, I don't work too many hours, but I had to get <laughs> back out there and do something. And that, she goes, my kids were mad at me. They're like, you don't need a job. You're 92. Stay at home. She's like, nope. And that right there is just adding more fuel to my fire. Oh, yeah. And that's that mindset of you got to get off the couch, too, because, you know, as people get older, they'd have a tendency to to want to be more sedentary. But the more active they are, you see, you see the people that live the longest are the ones that are active. They're after active. I've got a neighbor, um, Carlos, and I think he's, he's got to be in his nineties at least. And he's had, you know, all kinds of surgeries and he's like lost part of his, um, movement in his left arm from a bot surgery that they did on him. But he is out in his yard every single day doing some sort of yard work, just constantly improving his house, you know, whatever it may be. And just is as nice and as you know, focused and, and clear-minded as could be. That's because he stays active. And he, he doesn't take that sed- sedentary lifestyle, you know. No, absolutely. And that, that's so important. I mean, there's so many things. And that's what I'm trying to do with the asset mindset philosophy is share all those nuggets of having, you know, hey, getting up and moving is a great asset. Your habits are what makes your life. Do you have good habits? Guess what? You're going to have a good life. You have bad, poor habits, then you're probably going to have a poor life. Yeah. It's, you know, it's really not rocket What's science. What's that, that saying that you keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results is the insanity? Yeah, insanity. The definition of insanity. Yeah. And, yeah. And th- life is hard for everybody. So choose your heart. It's hard to be successful. You have to work at it. But you know what? It's hard not to be successful and just, it's hard to be overweight and unhealthy and can't move. So choose your heart. There you go. Choose your heart. Attention business owners. Are you ready to take your marketing game to the next level? Look no further than Black Tie Digital Marketing, the firearm-friendly, full-service agency that delivers results. We've worked with industry giants like Keltec, Spikes Tactical, and Armalite, and we even designed the kick-ass new logo at Talking Lead. At Black Tie, we blend creativity and data-driven strategies to ensure your message hits the mark every time. From high-end custom websites, graphic design, to inbound marketing campaigns, and everything in between, we've got you covered. Your success is our priority. Join the ranks of the industry's top players and give your business the boost it deserves. Experience the power of Black Tie today. Visit blacktiedigital.com or call one 800 316-8030 to schedule your free consultation. That's Black Tie Digital Marketing, where firepower meets marketing power. Black Tie Digital Marketing is a proud sponsor of the Talking Lead Podcast and the Leadhead Brigade. Is it more of an autobiography kind of deal, or what's what kind of book is no, this? No, it's what not really it? an autobiography. There, there You're are just throwing some life stories story. in there. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So every chapter I share stories to then be supported by my teaching point. Okay. I didn't want to just write a book on mindset like you need to think this way. You need to think that way. So I used real life stories of people and events, things that happened. Yeah. 
Like an example from downrange, we were running ops. We had some regular army with us to help with security and doing things. They got their vehicle stuck. They were like, we can't get it out. It's stuck. We're going to have to call helicopters in to come sling load it and lift it and pull it out. So we're going to have to, we're stuck here all night. My team's like, uh, no, we're not sitting out here just sitting ducks all night. We're going to get this thing unstuck. Pull security. We got it. And no shit, a bunch of ODA guys, just shovels, pickaxes, anything we had, we started just tearing into this thing. And they're like, oh, it's stuck. You'll never get it out. You'll never get it out. All these guys on the side. You know, we already tried pushing it. We tried this. We tried that. We got that thing starting to move. They were like, holy shit. They might get it out. It's starting to go. It took us three and a half, four hours, but we didn't sit there all night. Right. We got that thing up and out of there. And about halfway through, when we started getting it moving, other people started believing then it could come out. By the time we got it out, there were regular army guys seeing that asset mindset or that SF mentality. We're like, we're going to join special forces. They real, It's addictive. And that's yeah. where that old saying, like, you are who you surround yourself with. Right. And that's one of my teaching points, too, that I try and share with people. Yeah. They saw the they saw that positive mindset that you guys were exuding. And they're like, damn, we don't have that in this group. I want to be a part of that group because that's where it's at. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people's downfall, too, is the people that they surround themselves with. You know, if the people that are around you aren't supportive and, and giving you the positivity that you need, you got to dump them and you got to move on. You got to find that, that yeah. click. Yeah, it's sad and you got to do it though. It hurts. Yeah, it's hard to do sometimes. You know? Yeah, sometimes they're family members. Sometimes they're old friends. But, you know, a lot of times it's family members. (laughs) Yeah. You know, people tend to fit in two categories. Are they an anchor dragging you down in life or are they a balloon and rising you up? And who do you want to be surrounded with? Myself, I like being surrounded by balloons. Doesn't mean I'm going to hate totally on anchors, but I'm not going to be associated with them on a regular basis. I might try and say, hey, cut that free and grab a balloon. (laughs) Well, you always want to try to help your friends, too. And if one of your friends is an anchor, I mean, even though you cut them loose, like you said, you're still going to be there. You're going to try to help them turn into a balloon. Absolutely. That's what a friend is. But this book, this is your very first book. Yes, sir. Yeah, very first book, and it's doing amazing things. I've been blown away. I never imagined it would do what it has and changing people's lives. Congratulations. Some of the reviews I get. Uh, One of my favorite stories is a father. He told me he got the book. He was reading it, thought it was a good book. Yeah. But his daughter then took it and read it. He didn't know she took it. She started acting different and was doing better in about a week. And he's like, hey, what's going on with you? She goes, oh, you know that book with the brain that you had, the mindset book? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. He goes, she goes, well, I'm, I've been reading it. And he's like, really? And then by the time she finished it, he told me that my book did more for his daughter in just over a week than all that she was dealing with anxiety, depression, than and all the three years of counseling that he'd been paying for and sending her to. He goes, I couldn't believe it. He goes, so this was last Christmas, and when I was still self-published before I was signed with Simon & Schuster, which shout out to Simon & Schuster, yeah. great, great publishing company, supports a lot of patriots. But he's like, I'm buying it for all my nieces, all my nephews, 
and everybody that's in my family that's younger generation that could use a positive mindset. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to reading it. I I apologize. I normally uh, have read the materials prior to having somebody on, but again, the timing of this to getting you on, uh, it just didn't work out that way. But yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to to reading your book. And we don't, Thank we don't, you. we shouldn't tell about the whole that. thing on here. You know, we got to save something so people want to buy it. You know. <laughs> oh, there's a whole bunch of stuff in there that I, I could, we could be on here. I mean, it's a five and a half hour book of me talking on the Audible version. So. Oh, you did your own We're Audible, not huh? Be here for five and a half hours. <laughs> well, I have had shows that long, so don't don't count yourself out. <laughs> But no, that's great. So guys, you can go to the website or they can go to Amazon. Yep, they can go to Amazon, theassetmindset.com. I'm right there. You go to books or if you want a direct link, you just do bit.ly forward slash theassetmindset. So that's for those who are unfamiliar, that's a short way to, instead of typing in the whole link. So it's bitlily forward slash and if you're watching the video, go to the beginning where he held up that QR code and you can snap that QR code. And I'll also put a link, Daniel, in our show notes for the for the show that our listeners can click on and take them right there, too. And if that doesn't work, the Bitlily is actually on that card as well underneath. Okay. So that link. Very good. Now, before we get into listener questions, uh, I've got a round of questions that I asked my new guest and you are a new guy. And since you are a new guy, new guy, new guy, you're going to get hit with these questions. So we went over your military uh, background. So you do have military um, experience. Is there anything else you want to add to, to that aspect of your life Uh, that our listeners should know? A quick little something. I miss my job where I got to blow things up because I was an 18 Charlie demolitions guy. I can go to the range nice. and shoot. I don't get to build advanced cutting charges with C4 anymore. <laughs> That's the one downfall. I'm sure a kid would allow you to, you know, rig something up somewhere. No doubt. Oh, um, yeah, he would probably enjoy me doing some stuff like that. But I think oh, there's yeah. a little bit of control on those materials. Did you have any family members prior to you serving <laughs> that served? <coughs> no, you're fine. So my grandfather served in World War II. He did 32 straight months in the Army in combat in the Asiatic Pacific campaign. Yep. Is he I still alive? I with my uniform. No. 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 My, uh, all my grandparents are gone. Even my parents are gone. I'm, what, when someone say, you're officially an orphan now, I'm like, what, what do you mean I'm an orphan? You don't have parents. And I was like, oh, I never thought of it that way. But yeah, I lost my mother this year. She was the last one. She died pretty young, too. Yeah, sorry yeah, to hear that, 68. man. Yeah, that is Pancreatic young. Cancer. Brain cancer? Pancreatic cancer. Pancreatic cancer. Man, that is just... And today, you know, you hear about all the people getting cancer. It just seems like there's more and more of the, the cancer that's going around in all kinds of different ways that they're saying that people are getting it. And I don't know if you took part in the vaccines or not, but all the health problems that people got from taking the COVID vaccines... And now they're trying to bring back the mass mandates. What is this? It's, crazy. it's ludicrous. Sheer lunacy. With a 99.9% survival rate. 
but I'm going to take something that is unknown yeah. what the side effects are. And it's and a pan and it's a pandemic again using you know our medical uh, terminology and clauses so that they can evoke powers that they normally wouldn't have. You know, bastards. Yeah. They say follow the science, but they don't. No, they don't. They make oh, up their own yeah. science. My wife works in the medical field. And oh my god! What gosh. they have to do for trials to actually do studies to have something approved and all the different things. She's like, and it's just amazing what was done, and it's incredible that even everybody's card that they got when they yeah. got the vaccination, you can't sue like you. It says pretty much that you're partaking in an experimental test. Yep. Yeah, they got they got complete immunity through that whole thing because it was under the pandemic thing. They got to rush it through, skip the trials like you were talking about that that drugs normally will go through uh, straight to the market with I don't know how many different like four different ones they had. It's like oh let's just let's let everybody be a guinea pig, and then of course all the the side effects and um, problems that it's causing now. But yet they still want to try and go down that road with this. Anyway, we're we're talking about you because you're the new guy. You're the new guy, new guy, new guy. Uh, yes. <laughs> so, what is your earliest recollection of shooting a firearm? Would be with my dad out back with his buddy under the power lines shooting um, beer cans <laughs> <laughs> with with a BB gun. So he said. Uh, no, that was 22, but yeah, we had a BB gun. Nice. That, so if I go back sooner then yeah, but no, I was probably first time I shot a 22, I was seven or eight years old. This is in Massachusetts. Yes. In Boston or just yeah, in that just area. I was never in the city. I grew up on nine and a half acres. So we had, Oh, nice. You know, woods and I ran around. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So do you still have that 22? No, I do not. Do you have brothers and sisters? Um, I have one brother. Okay. Older or younger? Uh, younger. Younger. He's a 1984 model. I'm the 1975 model. <laughs> so you're quite a bit of difference. They're almost 10 year difference. Yes. Yeah. Eight and a half years. Yeah. Did he go in the military? No. 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 Yeah. He still lives up there and doing his thing. So. Do you get him tickets to go to see Kid Rock? <laughs> yes, I've had him hooked up where he's met Kid Rock and been to the concert. <laughs> nice. Very good. So yeah, My whole family got to see him, actually, uh, before they all passed. So that was re really good. That was good. Yeah, and you said your wife digs Kid Rock and your kids love him, too. Are they? Do they have aspirations to, to, to do what Daddy does or what Uncle Kid does? <laughs> uh, my daughter wants to be Rockstar Rose because her middle name's Rose. You know, she's Hazel Rose, but she goes, I'm going to be Rockstar Rose. Dig she it. had these like star glasses that she would wear and she's going to be a NASCAR driver. Okay. That's... So she's going to be a professional NASCAR driver and she's going to be a rock star. She's seven, so she's got a lot of aspirations. But there's nothing keeping her from doing that. No, absolutely. That would I be awesome. Call... A rock star, because a lot of the rock stars get into racing or movie stars, you know. That's true, yeah. A lot of them do do that. They get that, that adrenaline junkie kind of high. So what is the yeah. first gun that you could call your own that you actually went out and you spent your money on? 
Ah, it would be a Glock 21, 45 caliber, full size 45. Okay. And how old were you when you got that? Jeez, that one. Yeah, when Massachusetts, I didn't own any guns in Massachusetts. Yeah. I didn't get my pistol until what? So I'm relatively... Before the military? I wasn't a gun guy. It was um, probably, what, six months after joining the military. Okay. So you just gotten in the military? Yes, I just gotten in the military. Why? Yeah, because I bought it in North Carolina. Why the twenty-one? Why the forty-five? Uh, I got big hands. <laughs> and it's a forty-five. <laughs> the seventeens are the same size. The seventeens the same size. Or the good point, good point. But I like the forty-five. You just like the bigger round. That's what it was. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. 1911 guy. You like 1911s too? Yes, I do. I, I love shooting them. I got a staccato, which is amazing. Ooh, nice. Yeah, I love my staccato. Um, 2011. So it's fantastic. I got a new rifle that I really like. This is uh, new on the scenes. Watchtower firearms. I don't know if you've heard of them yet. They're oh. all American made out of Texas. Uh-huh. I had heard of them. Yeah, I'll have to um, connect you if you want to do another podcast. I might know uh, a Navy SEAL that would be interested in talking to you about Watchtower Firearms. We have SEALs on here all he the time. Is, That'd uh, be Ray great. Cash Care. Yeah, I know. You know Ray Cash Care. Yeah. Give him a shout out. Yeah, yeah. I know so Ray. Uh, I mean, we don't know each other personally, but I know who he is. Yeah. No, I know him personally, so maybe I can hook you up. So, great guy. Fantastic man. Yeah. What he does, working with kids, motivational. Um, he's part of Watchtower Firearms. We actually shot a video here in Nashville, my property. But I got uh, his 308, and they have this, oh, man, dragon suppressor that's just, it's unbelievable. The kick is pretty much relatively none. Eliminated. So when you want to reacquire your target, you're still, like, right on it. So when you set up, yeah. you shoot. and Nice you know, break, huh? 308 round is... Got some kick, yeah. That muzzle break, the dragon. Oh man, it's. Let's check it out. Sweet. I wrote anyways. it down here, so yeah, I'll check it out. But yeah, Ray Ray um, Care, I've heard of him. Uh, I I think he knows Jason real well too. So I had kind of through Jason Redman. Uh, I mentioned earlier. Yeah, they're both Navy SEALs. Um, so I think that's kind of where I got acquainted with him was through uh, Jay. So. But yeah, I'd love to have him on. Okay. Yeah, it'd be great. Well, I'll, I'll reach out to him, and I'm sure you know your podcast and what you do, and just who he is and what he does in the world. Like, I think you guys would hit it off really well. That's oh. why we've hit it off. Yeah, I've known him for a couple of years now, and it's yeah, he's a good motivator too. I've seen some of his things that he posts on social media; is real positive and motivational type stuff. So yeah, yeah. Watchtower Fire. Some f bombs, but you know what? Sometimes people need them. Well, we we do it. That's okay. <laughs> It's just that's that makes us us, right? So um that was your the twenty one was your first. Um the nineteen the staccato. Um how long you had the staccato? Um a little over a year. Okay. Or roughly about a year now, sorry, about a year. Okay. Do you know Jim Irwin? No. Jimmy Not Irwin, personal. the the Kraken. He's a uh former former he was a Delta Force, <laughs> former Delta Force. Nice. Yeah. Good dude. So um, when it comes to pop culture, 
Kid Rock doesn't count. Can't can't use Kid Rock. What is your like go to when you just unwind? Kind of your go to escapism, whether it's a book or a movie, or maybe it's a podcast, maybe it's a song, you know, whatever it may be. Um. Well, both my wife, my son, and everything would absolutely say Five Finger Death Punch. Okay, music. I listen to them when I'm working out or I'm doing something, and it's just. Is that what you guys listened to when you were uh, on duty? When you're active, active duty. Uh, Yes, I did listen to them a little bit. I listened to some Disturbed or just you know Drowning Pool. I'm. Before you went out on a mission, what would you? What would you listen to before you went out on a mission? It would vary. At that time, um, when I was there in 07, I would probably listen to my teammates would say Disturbed with, you know, Down with the Sickness. Oh, yeah. That's a good song, so, too. I like that, too. Love Five Finger Death Punch. Good band. So, movie-wise, what's your what's your favorite, favorite movie you just watch over and over and over again? I still – I'm a big Braveheart guy still. Braveheart? I mean, obviously Rambo. You know, Rambo is Rambo. I mean, I didn't realize Rambo was a Green Beret. And when I was younger in Boy Scouts, I would, because Rambo came out at that time, I would play Rambo and dress up in fatigues. And like, we'd go on camping trips. Yeah. All the other Boy Scouts would be wearing their, you know, scout uniform. Right. And me and my buddy Joey Brooks would be in full fatigues (laughs) and going out and like, (laughs) and then, so when I joined, and you know, I was going to go become a Green Beret, or I was telling my mom that was my plan. She goes, I should have known when you were playing Rambo when you were younger. I should have known this was coming. <laughs> Did you have one of those big-ass knives like he had? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I had a couple of those K-bars. <laughs> so, are you familiar with Buck Knives, right? Say again, you're away from the mic. I'm sorry, you're familiar with Buck Knives, right? Yeah, yeah. Buck Knives, so... They made one um, that was very similar to that Rambo knife that people would buy, and it was the uh, the Buckmaster. And it had, remember, it had those tongs on the side, those little those little spikes on the side. People would use them as yeah. as grappling hooks. They'd throw their knife and use it as a grappling hook. Well, they uh, they reinvented it and they came out with a 2.0, and it's only in the the seals right now have this, but it's going to be available to the civilian market coming soon. That's a nice knife. It's the Buckmaster Buckmaster 2.0 and then it's got the you know true to what the original life was for cuz they used it as an anchor to anchor their boats. That's why it had those those prongs on the side. Well, they kind of modified it so they still have that that feature uh, with the mm. the anchor wing is what they call that. And you can turn it either way, um, but very, very specialized, specialized knife. The purpose that it serves. I like it's double edged. Oh yeah, double edged, and it's got the it's got the serrations right here, so you can cut cables, cut wires. It's it's a utility knife. You know, it was made for the seals specifically. Um, what did I just ask you? I asked you about. Your first firearm. All right, we got a little sidetracked. My bad. Oh, yeah, new guy question. Pop culture, pop culture. We did the pop culture. So the movie, the music. Um, what is your next gotta have? As soon as you have the opportunity, you're just you're gonna go out and 
it's yours. It's like, I'm just waiting for the time to go get it. Are you talking about a weapon? Are you talking Anything. about a vehicle? Anything. Anything. I want a new truck, man. There you go. My Chevy Silverado, I love it to death, but it's got almost 200,000 miles on it. She's been very good to me. But Still could go another 100,000 easy. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's probably my next big purchase. So, you know, if what I, kind of truck are you I looking at? Books, maybe I can make that dream come true. Oh, I'm sure that's going to happen. No problem whatsoever. Uh, what what truck are you eyeing? Which one? Uh, um, I 2500 HD. I want to go a little heavier for pulling stuff and carrying things and whatnot. Yeah, you, you live on a farm. I had an HD in the past, and it really does make a difference. Yeah, do you live a uh, live on a farm? Yeah, I got 50 acres. So. Okay. You got livestock? Um, I get ch- chickens. We're looking at pigs. I was actually taking care of my bees yesterday. My wife and I were both fully <laughs> bee suited up, <laughs> taking stuff apart and checking the hive. And yeah. Nice. So I'm, I'm very big on trying to be um, self sufficient, independent. Yeah. You know, I'm not a, a crazy prepper, but, you know, I'm a Green Beret that wants to be prepared for anything. So, you know, I got food, water, whatnot. Well, most people, you know, if you say the word prep, then. You know, people think oh, crazy. You know, he's a loon, but that the negative connotation again. People have overused it, especially in the you know the leftist media with the the preppers and the prepping. But no, I mean that's a mentality that we talk about on the show constantly is you know being prepared for the unknown and and the pandemic was a prime example of that. You know when that hit, uh, but every day you know there's hurricanes that hit, there's tornadoes that hit, there's floods, there's earthquakes there's you know any fire you know house fires um whole city fires you know we saw that in in hawaii that just happened recently i had a lady a lady a young lady on that was uh among all that and she was telling her story about how she got out and and survived and how she wished she'd have been more prepared and you know it's just the little things that that really make a difference when a crisis hits that can make it a lot easier for you, a lot more survivable for you and your family. If you just do the preparation on the front end and have it ready. Oh, absolutely. It can make a tough time. Not so tough. Whereas if you're not prepared, just a tough time can turn to one hell of a time. Yeah. Just a, a, a not so tough time can turn into, you know, an even worse time if you're not, not properly prepared. So laws be damned, rules be damned, money be damned. What would you own? Everything then. You could have anything. I could have. Dude, anything. you could have. You could have anything. I would have to have the perfect bug out vehicle, and I'm kind of like, I go back to I have my father's old nineteen. It was built in 1984. Chevy three-quarter ton truck that I'm having rebuilt Sweet. right now. Sweet. And the old square body, but I mean... it's. I love cool square bodies, man. And it is just a beast. The tow truck driver that I had to have towed was like, I just towed a large FedEx truck, and that thing was lighter than this. <laughs> what was that thing made out of? I'm like, it's an 80s Chevy truck. It's made out of real steel. It's made out of real American steel, baby. Come on. <laughs> But no, I'd love to have a, just an awesome, you know, 
I don't want to say Mad Max, but like just a really cool, you know, like you already heard I want a new truck, but yeah. like to have something like that. So you'd like to convert like a like one of those military personnel carriers kind of deal, maybe into yeah, yeah, an MRAP or something. Yeah. Oh, to have an MRAP and all because me, I am someone that likes to keep my family safe and people I love safe. So if I ever had to do anything or things got really bad, I could put my family in that vehicle and go wherever I needed to go. That would be a great thing. Right now where I'm at, you know, I got beans and bullets, so to speak. I got water, you know, yeah. I got generators and power, you know, so I know we're good on that. But if, if I ever had to move them and go somewhere else, then yeah. it could, that, that would be a little different. So that would be the thing. If everything went to crap, that would be the item that I think I would want right now that I don't have. A tank. <laughs> An MRAP with the asset and, mindset on the side. Yeah. <laughs> with a big, with a big 50 cal mounted up top and missile launchers. Yeah. 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 I'd definitely go for the, actually, if I could have, anything on it i would go with a mark 47 i don't know if you know what that is yeah so there's a mark 19 that's the 40 millimeter uh, um you know grenade launcher 40 mike, mike. mark 47 that's got laser guidance oh sweet the reticle moves like yeah it's got a range finder so you put it on there you hit the button i was in afghanistan with that thing i fell in love with it <laughs> like people were using it as a sniper weapon yeah it's so accurate because you shoot the target with the laser it tells the distance and then it'll move the reticle to and does all the calculations auto adjust wind and everything yes it auto adjusts and i mean they got scopes like that nowadays and the technology's come so far but yeah man that thing was just it's a beast i mean it's a machine gun i would want two of those yeah i would want two of those because <laughs> <laughs> one is none that's right very good i like that answer that's a good answer um this is a, a new one that i've added um my 500th episode, I interviewed Adrian Kelgren, who's one of the owners of Keltec, and he was a former naval pilot. He flew the um, the E two Hawkeyes. Okay. You know they did the like the radar and all that stuff, and uh, he had a he had a UFO sighting. He had, like a real legitimate like UAP, you know, one of those things that. It's like this is like kind of before Fravor and all those other people that have started coming out. Uh, he so he told his story. That was pretty cool. But I asked him the, the new guy questions, and we were wrapping up the show, and he's like, he said, "Aren't you going to ask me what my favorite drink is? I've been waiting the whole show to tell you what my fa- my favorite drink is." So, <laughs> so I'm going to add this to to my arsenal. So, whether it's you know an adult beverage or just you know any kind of beverage, what is your go to beverage? If, if I'm having a good time and out to dinner or I'm like date night with my wife, I'm going to get a Manhattan with the nice Lux cherries and just, you know, get some. That's a Boston drink if I ever heard of one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I didn't start drinking them until I was out of Boston, but hey, whatever. Really? Back then, yeah, I drank Captain Morgan way back in the day in rum. That's what, that's what his drink was. Ah, interesting. It was, it was Captain Morgan and a Diet Coke. That was his like preferred go-to beverage. So Manhattan. Yeah. What if you're just uh, sitting around uh, the house, you know, after a long day of of messing with the chickens and Phil farting around on the farm? 
Oh, then I got I got something there. Cold drink. Yeah, it's been hot out here in you know Tennessee heat. And my girls will actually run and grab me one every once in a while when they just see me working hard and sweating. It's a press. So it's all natural, organic. It's a like a malt beverage. Yeah. And they just naturally flavored. Press. Really good. Yeah, press. I'm going to write that down too. Yeah. So is that like a White Claw or something? or? Uh, it's similar to that type of thing, but it's so much better. I like me a... found them and like... It, Honestly, even Kid Rock will drink them now, too. He's like, because I'm like, hey, try one of these, Bob. And he's like, damn, this is kind of good. <laughs> <laughs> now, I like me a tall girl every now and again, a little white claw. Call them tall oh, girls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you ever had the um, the ranch water? I have not tried it, but I've seen it. Okay. So it's, it's similar to ranch water, but I think it's got a little more, more um, flavor. And the... the it's just, you got to try it. That's what it. I don't like about like White Claws and those kind of drinks is the flavor is like, they just tease you with the flavor. It's just a little more flavor and I'd be into it a little bit more. But yeah, yeah. I get you. So. Uh, and, and they're refreshing. Like I can't drink too much beer. Like I'll have a cold oh, beer yeah. on a hot day, but I, I start drinking too many. I'm like, I feel bloated. I'm going to go to the bathroom every day. Like, no, you know, that's why I like a, a colder, you know, something that doesn't have all that. Bubbles yeah, like one of those seltzer drinks or whatever. I don't know what White Claw is, what they consider them, but yeah. No, I use White Claw because everybody's well, you drink that, You're going to have a press. You're going to be a press fan. I promise you. I am going to have a press. I'm going to go get one as soon as we get done. Uh, they sell them at Kroger? Um, I got to go to the liquor Kroger, store. Cork Dork, Dorks. I know they have them, but I don't know if you're in downtown Nashville around Cork Dorks, but Walmart does carry them. Okay. I got a Kroger just down the road and a Walmart, so I'll just... I didn't know if he had to go to a liquor store to get them or not, if they were like higher alcohol yeah. content or something. Okay, no. cool. Press it is. I'm going to try it out. So uh, I mentioned UFOs earlier. Um, UFOs, Bigfoot, supernatural type stuff, do you believe in that? Yes, I believe there's more to this world than we know. We're naive to think we know everything. Because there's things we don't know that we don't know. Yes. <laughs> and a smart man or woman, for that matter, we know we don't know everything. If you think you know everything, then you're not smart. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> you're not long for this world, if, if that's the case. Um, UFOs, you ever seen any, seen any UFOs? Any encounters? No, I had one weird experience, but I don't know what it was. Um, I'm not saying it was a UFO. I was with my buddy and we were fishing and something just whizzed by us and it sounded like a bottle rocket but it wasn't a bottle rocket and all we saw was a blur and if you look them up they're like what they call them because we were trying to figure it out what it was yeah you know going online and like there's these hot dog ufos or something uh -huh. that like they like fly around they're real small or whatever and we didn't we don't know, still don't know what the heck it was, but we both heard it. We looked at each other and like, what the hell was that? And we just saw like a blur. Was this in Boston? So, um, it was on Cape Cod. We were fishing on the ocean. Okay. Um, and yeah, it was definitely strange. Could have been a ferry. <laughs> yeah, it was awfully loud ferry wings. <laughs> I mean, who knows what but, a ferry sounds like? I don't know. So yeah, Bigfoot, you believe, you believe there's a Bigfoot? 
You know what my theory on Bigfoot is? Is if someone like you was living in the woods, you didn't shave for a while, and you were a hermit, and walking around, and just like, you're getting out in the world, and you're like, I'm done. I think a human being could be mistaken for a Bigfoot sometimes. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. You know. I think more times than not. pretty grizzly Adams-looking guys, like, out in the woods or whatever, and I'm like, yeah. You know. I'm too short to be a Bigfoot, so I mean, I would be, I'd, I'd probably be mistaken as a Wolverine or something. But I mean, somebody like your size, you know, walking around. Uh, but but no, I mean, it's possible. I think Bigfoot is a little less likely nowadays with all the technology and trail cams and things like that. But yeah. I wouldn't say no. But wouldn't you say that about UFOs too, with all the technology that we have and and all the cell phones and cameras. Some pretty good evidence from what I'm seeing from pilots and different things, and even the Navy or the, even the government's acknowledged stuff now. So, like, yeah, the UFO but don't stuff you, out there. I think that evidence is but, growing. But being, especially being a Green Beret, don't you think it's it's just disinformation? Don't you think it's but with the government uh, now I'm coming forward and and admitting it? I don't know. I. I tend to believe that there's aliens. Okay. I'm definitely leaning more towards that. Absolutely. And I pretty much have my entire life because the universe and everything is so big. Yeah. It's kind of naive to think we're the only planet out of everything. I mean, the Milky Way galaxy has billions of stars. Yeah. And then there's billions of galaxies. So that's billions of billions. And each star potentially has all these points like it's just mathematically i don't see that you know yeah so you go with the scientific odd statistics view on things yeah type deal i mean look how many different species are on our planet yeah and we're still nowadays discovering things right exactly we're still discovering new species all the time yeah i like that uh if i were to put together a bigfoot hunt would you go yeah i'd go Okay. Not to kill him, it's just to find him. I mean, I would. We would be armed. No, I, I, we would be armed to the teeth. Yeah, but, I, hope, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> but the intent would be to capture. Yeah. Introducing our new belly band holster. Whether you're hitting the gym or running a quick errand, our belly band is one of the most comfortable and safest ways to carry your firearm. The center section allows you to carry most common pistols. Left or right-handed, this has you covered. A hard laminate trigger shield protects the firearm's trigger from unwanted intrusion, giving you ease of mind while carrying every day. Two elastic sleeves give you the flexibility to carry other everyday items, such as spare mags, flashlight, knife, or pepper spray. Two zippered pockets run on both sides, offering the option to carry smaller items, such as money, cards, or keys. Flush fit on your lower back or waist, easily keeping your setup discreet no matter how you choose to carry. Utilizing 3D spacer mesh, these channels allow for exceptional and efficient airflow, giving you maximum comfort and keeping you cool. Carry whenever you want, how you want, with our new belly band holster. Available now. Go to missionfirsttactical.com, use the code LEADHEAD for an exclusive listener-only 20% discount.
Um, so yeah, UFOs, we talked about that. Last question. If you could spend the day at the range with anyone or any group of people, whether they be alive, dead, or fictional, or a combination of all those, who would you like to spend the day at the range with? Well, first off, I would love to spend the day at the range with George Washington. George Washington. Oh, yeah. That man, like, I don't think people realize just how badass he was. You know, you really need to go back and, like, study history. The things he did, like, that Christmas morning attack, like, oh, they're not going to attack. It's Christmas Day. They're going to, like, strategically and the balls to do that. Yeah. And he knew what was on the line, what he risked. All our founding fathers, everybody that signed you know, the Declaration of Independence, a lot of them, most of them either suffered horrifically or lost everything or got killed. Yeah. People don't understand that. And they knew that when they signed it. It's they were all like, traitors. Yes. So, you know, that's that same mentality, I believe, that happened after 9-11. People were signing up because is they believed in the greater good. Like when I enlisted and most of the guys we came in after 9-11, going back to that because it is the anniversary. Right. We knew this could be it. You know, it's the last thing that we're doing maybe is joining the military. So when we went down range, we kind of all accepted that. Yeah. And it wasn't something that, you know, we're like, oh, no, we're scared. Like we we enlisted in a time of war. And that's what my sergeant major told me. Bobby Cinco, you listen to this. You know, I love you, brother. But he was like, don't ever feel bad about what you did. You know, you signed up in war and you went to combat and you served your country because I was having a hard time, almost like guilt abandonment as far as leaving the military and coming off active duty. Yeah, because I was the senior Charlie or the engineer in my company at that point. And at that point in time, I was the best Green Beret I ever was. You know, and then I was like, man, it's kind of like retiring at the top of your game if you're an NFL player. So I was feeling guilty, but my wife at the time was, you know, really wanting to have kids, start a family and sure. whatnot. And I was told, you know, your wife is for life. But I wouldn't change anything, though, because my path and where I'm at and how I've been able to still help people, it's, it's been fantastic. Good answer. So George Washington. Yeah. What do you think that he, of, of all of our modern day technology that we have, um, what do you think the one thing would be if he could take one thing back with him to, to fight his war? What would you think he would, he would take? Well, he'd probably have to take a pilot. <laughs> a pilot? Because <laughs> if you want to win that war against the Prince really quick. <laughs> you take an ATM Warthog? <laughs> Yeah, you take an eight, ten, and uh, any of them ships coming into different harbors don't have a chance. <laughs> They're so mobile and going in. And we'll just we'll just teach him how to fly it and let him do it. Yeah, there you go. That'd be cool, George Washington but, uh, that, and I'd love to also Aaron Bank, Colonel Aaron Bank, that was part of the OSS and helped found uh, Special Forces. I think he would be another one. Uh, great day at the range. Yeah. It's good answer. And because you said I could bring a few people, and I'm going to yeah, bring one group, more. Yeah, group or one, yeah, however many. Uh, would be, I've got to be at the range with this gentleman, and he, he was just so amazing. He's actually in the SF Hall of Fame, and he is on the wall of Aaron Banks Hall at Fort Bragg slash Liberty now. 
um, Ernie Tabata. Ernie Tabata was this Hawaiian gentleman. He was incredible. He was a Vietnam vet. He was a legend in special forces. And he mentored everybody that was a 18 Charlie from like the late eighties, all the way up 20 something years to even myself. So he served as a green beret retired and then stayed in the community and was an instructor. And he was just incredible. Is this him? Yep. There you go. There about it. I got a picture of him and I together and he was tiny. He used to tease me about being so big. He goes, you know, in Vietnam, I'd already be in my foxhole fighting position all set up. You'd still be digging and I'd be telling you to quit making noise. You're going to get us killed. <laughs> That's funny. That would be that would be a good range. I I would join you on that range day. That would be a good one. Yeah, I jumped with him, and he wore his old leather helmet. How old was he? He was seventy two when he jumped with me. Oh wow! Yep, as an instructor. I mean, that's why he's a legend. And he, when we were doing the time fuse and things, if your time fuse was off every second you were off, you had to do ten push ups. And if you were on his table. And he was instructing you, and you messed up. He'd get down with you and do the push-ups in his 70s. Damn. Yeah, like he's incredible. That's a hard man right there. Yeah, very hard man, but giving, smart, like just unbelievable. Like I'd hug him right now again if I could. Like it was such an honor to be trained by him and to know him and be mentored by him. Yeah. Are there any books out on him? Uh, that I don't know. Anybody ever done a story on him? That could be your next book. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to put that down in my notes. Hey, I've already got feel a little free. bit of feel free. Uh, the next book kind of started to be developed. Yeah? So are you are you more still into the uh, the motivational type books, or are you looking at doing fiction or anything like that? No, motivational still. I want to stay in that genre, and here's why. Uh, myself, I used to believe like after nine 11, going back to that, that, you know, I wanted to go out there and change the world, you know, um, with the sword, so to speak, or my rifle, go out there and kick ass, take names and make the world a better place. Well, now that I've matured a little bit and I see what, what my book is doing, I now understand the pen is mightier than the sword. I've been able to touch so many more people's lives through my book and actually change their lives. And they've told me how it's changed them. So that's giving me more motivation to do another book. And I'm tending towards struggles. Mm-hmm. And like the asset mindset, the struggle is real. Because no matter who you are, you're going to struggle in life. It's part of the human condition. I don't care if you're rich. I don't care if you're poor. I don't care whatever. You know, like you're a person. You're a human being on this earth. You're going to struggle. You're going to have a car accident. You're going to lose a loved one. You're going to get sick. You're going to have better. But how do you overcome that struggle? So that's where I'm trying to go next because I talk about positivity and the mindset you should have. But I've got feedback on people wanting me to help them almost more of a guidebook or, you know, workbook. I think that would be, yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. So let's, speaking of your book, we're going to give the one away today. So let's uh, go to our questions, our listener questions. I made a post on Instagram. Uh, so for you avid listeners, you know that uh, t- 
to check Instagram because I make posts there for our, our special guests that we have. So you can have an opportunity to ask them questions and win awesome prizes. Nobody gives more to their listeners than Talking Lead. Dan, we just bar none. that. We always give. We're, we're all about giving here. Never ask for anything in return other than just go and support those that make this show possible. And I give you that list constantly so you guys will have it. I'm looking up our questions here. So here's the, that awesome post, Dan, that I did <laughs> with you and your book that you thought was so awesome. Um, Nikolai. Yeah, I like it. I think I love it. Yeah. Nikolai Aplanap. Said in being a celebrity bodyguard, what was the biggest hurdle to overcome on the daily to efe- efficiently perform your job? Also, favorite story you can share about that job that you that you can share? Okay, the lack of sleep is the toughest thing to get used to, and whatnot for the crowd that I run with. Yeah, and things going like you stay up till the sun comes up. If it was just me, it would be okay, but I also have kids. So I've got home at five in the morning from traveling or plane flights or whatnot. And then, you know, in an hour and a half, I got to have my kids up and get ready for school. Yeah. So that's the hard part there. So balancing the, uh, the work and the home life. Yes. Yeah. That is, it's very difficult yeah. to do. Um, the craziest story that you can uh, share. <laughs> I can't fully share that. Here, here's the story. You can you can change listener. names to protect the innocent. <laughs> yeah. So I'm in Vegas, of course, right? Vegas. And I'm there. I'm working for one individual, but there's some other people that are there and need help. So I'm kind of helping and doing security. And it's an adult film movie. Okay. <laughs> And I am getting paid to watch these beautiful women performers work their job <laughs> there. And I'm like, the other guy that I'm doing security with gives me an elbow. He goes, can you believe we're getting paid to be here? <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was one of those moments, you know, like every job kind of has its perks. Surreal. I'm, I'm a creeper or anything like that. But, you know, it's just. You know, I am a man. I have testosterone. <laughs> you know, I do. <laughs> that that would be that would be. It's one of those where you'd be awkward. You just feel awkward. He's like, I don't know how to feel about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have so I many feelings about like, this uh, right uh, now. <laughs> He's like, Do you need a stand-in? Oh wait. <laughs> All right. Next question, Mustang Perry. If you could only pick one piece of advice to give to young people today, what would it be? I'm going to go with my line. You are your greatest asset in life. You need to know that and take ownership of it. And you read his book and you'll find out how to do that. Uh, Tongue for twisting. He's got a couple of questions here. Any close calls like someone almost breaching the protection zone? I guess he's talking about with yes. personal security. Yeah. Last year, uh, um, I had somebody in California jump an eight-foot fence behind the backstage. So he climbed over an eight-foot fence, then ran up the stairs and made it onto the stage 
luckily, one of the other crew guys saw him, knew he didn't belong. I was on the other side of the stage, so I had to run across the stage. And he was probably about, I'd say, a 10 to 15 feet from getting to Kid Rock before I grabbed him. Oh, shit. And most of the time when you grab people, they're like, oh, you caught me when they're trying to get to a celebrity because they just want to see the celebrity or meet him. Yeah. This guy, for whatever reason, didn't want to stop. So I had to throw him off the six-foot elevated stage down into the pit. And then the guitarist in the band, Twisted Brown Trucker, he's like, dude, you were like WWE jumping off the top ropes back on me. So I like threw him off the stage. And then I'm like, you're not getting away. You know, he was trying to like continue to get away. I'm like, oh, hell no. So I leap off the stage and like make sure I land on top of him. With all my 225 pounds. Give the atomic elbow. And he goes to the ground. And then these other security guards come over. And at that point, he was like, all right, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. But it it took some persuasion. Yeah. So, and was he armed? So yeah, people tried. Was he armed? No, he was not no. armed. Not that his hands were empty. That was the first thing I looked at. Somebody thought he was carrying a bear bottle yeah. at first. And I was like, I didn't see a bear bottle, but maybe he dropped it before I, you know, or I noticed or whatnot. But uh, we reviewed the video and no, he did not have a bear bottle or anything in his hands. So. What about on the golf course? He plays a lot of golf, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah. He plays a lot of golf. Yeah. He had any altercations on the golf course, course. A lot of times I don't have to worry because when he's, Golfing with Trump, there's a lot of secret service there. Oh, so, well, there you go. <laughs> do you, makes my job much easier. Do you get the to... The funny part about that is they all know what I do and they know my background and I am an armed, licensed bodyguard. So I'm, you know, normally armed. And they all come up to me, are, are you carrying? And I'm like, no, I'm slick today. I'm slick today. Because honestly, they have plenty of firepower. They have backpacks with stuff right i don't when i'm with them i lock it up in a box and leave it and you know be whatever and i don't need to be carrying when we're with you know trump right well they probably wouldn't let you anyway would they um they would frown upon it or they would make me move in a sense out of the bubble you know i don't think think i would but some of the times because we may be there first before the president shows up yeah. So then they roll in. I mean, they have an Advon team, but they always ask. And they may ask me to remove it. But you know, my back, background, being a Green Beret and doing security, and I get their job, and I just – I don't want to make it. their job harder. Yeah. I'm there to help. And whatnot, I get so. it. I get it. Uh, let's see. How do you say this name? Gosh Demonic. I guess. Sorry. Gosh. What were some unique difficulties guarding celebrities? And and just to clarify, is Kid Rock the only celebrity that you've bodyguarded for? He's my primary, yeah. I mean, I've okay. met, obviously, other celebrities, and I've escorted and done things and whatnot. Okay. But, uh, All right. I would say the hardest part is when you're at uh, an event – where a lot of people are drinking and there's crowds. So if you're doing a social event and you're, you're out at a bar or doing a celebrity appearance, that is the hardest because there's so many hands, so many people, 
Um, they're drunk. They're spilling drinks on you. Um, they're pushing. You got to erratic them. behavior. Yes, erratic behavior. Sometimes the women are just really because, like, you can't touch me, you know. And it's like, listen, I'm doing my job, and I'm not like touching you, fighting you, but you need to back up, yeah. or you can't be here, or you know. So punch him in the head. <laughs> <laughs> just punch him yeah right <laughs> okay this question I think he misunderstood uh, so I do this segment it's called the AK corner and all we do is talk AK 47s uh, each okay. which is the episode that's before yours that everybody needs to go and listen to we talked about shotguns um, that episode but I'll ask it anyway who knows you might have an answer Thoughts on the AK platform in the future, where it's all going, ammo and parts in general. I'm sure Brian has thoughts. What's your opinion on the platform? Lefty, get get them on the corner. So he obviously didn't watch the post <laughs> and see who my guest was. So B. Hurst, I'm, I'm disappointed in you, brother. Uh, you're usually more thorough than that. Um, but let me ask you this. I mean, being uh, you know the Green Beret and serving... Where you did, did you have any uh, opportunities or occasions where you used an AK? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I carried an AK at times. It was uh, probably my, one of my biggest, like, in my stupid or in my brave moments was it was myself with a local national Afghan. I was dressed as an Afghan. I had an AK and three mags that's it that was Rolling it around in the vehicle and i'm like wow that that was the first time like i'd been in special forces done some stuff and you know even deploying and doing like that was when i was like yeah i am not regular army now like this is sf shit right you know? and not everybody does that and you know i didn't do that every day but that was a moment in time like I'm really brave or I'm really stupid or a little of both. Cause you know, I, my E&E plan was to like get out of the vehicle, dump a mag and grab a little motorcycle or whatever moto they had, you know, or the closest vehicle and like carjack whatever, and then move to the next closest checkpoint. Cause there was no way I could stand and fight on my own multiple people. So it was like, luckily, you know, that didn't happen, and we were able to, you know, do which the AK? I wanted to. Do you know which AK that you were carrying? Do you remember? Um, actually, I got a picture of it somewhere. It, it didn't have a collapsible buttstock or anything like that. Or, no, it wasn't foldable. didn't fold. No. Normal, like, 16-inch barrel, regular size. Yeah. Don't know what country it was from. I mean, my AK uh, guys are eating this shit up right now. They're sitting there. <laughs> no no but uh yeah i mean and the, they're just super reliable you know they beat on that's why people carry them now there were some chinese ones that weren't made as good but i mean you get a good old russian or polish ak you know and you take care of it it's it's a good weapon it yeah. really is do you know uh, jeff kirkham sounds super familiar yeah he's a former green beret also and um, 
he was, I think he was one of the people who helped start the Black Rifle Copy Company, but um, he's also an author. He writes the uh, the Black Autumn. Okay. I know Matt Best. I've, I've met Matt Best. Okay. Yeah, he's Matt's, Matt's been on the show, too, back in the day. Had oh, Matt, nice. Yeah, had Matt on the show, too. Um, but uh, I get Jeff. Sweet. What's that? I said sweet. It's like it, all these different names, like we're in the same circle, so it's great. I know. To do that, you know? Like, yeah, absolutely, man. This is cool. Yeah. I say we know we know a lot of the same people, I'm sure. Uh, but Jeff's really cool because, I mean, he was Green Beret and he served over there, but he did a lot of the uh, stuff like you did, I guess more times than not, where his preferred carry was an AK. And yeah, he talks about um, – he actually invented some pieces for it too. I've got – I don't know if you see back there. I've got one hanging up back there. It's called the Kirkham Shelf. And he basically took like a, a tuna can lid or something and – modified the magwell so where you feed the mag in so it just gives you a more positive quicker read on putting the ak mag in interesting oh he did the rats tourniquet too maybe that's where you've you've heard of him he invented the rats tourniquet yeah oh anyway jeff kirkham ladies and gentlemen (laughs) i need to get him back on the ak corner but uh i think that was all of our huh I was going to say, with the AK, though, you got to have good ammo. Yeah. There's a lot of garbage AK ammo. That's one of the things I learned downrange. You know, if you got that crap ammo, it's not consistent. It's dirty garbage. You're not going to be able to be accurate. Well, that's the great thing yeah, about the good AK ammo. It's a good thing about the AKs, though. They pretty much chew through anything, even yeah. that crappy oh, ammo. Oh, still fire. <laughs> yeah, just not reliably. Yeah, I get what you're saying. All right, so I think that's most of our questions there. Um, let's go with um, our our lot that we've got here. I don't think I did a Facebook. I didn't do a Facebook, so that's got everybody there. So between those questions that I just asked, which was your favorite? I think the, the question about, like, when I was in Vegas, that was funny. Okay. A lot of people don't kind of ask that, like, what was the – special or memorable thing or crazy thing that you've seen when you've been doing security work. So would that be favorite story you can share about the job? Was that the one? Yeah. Okay. So that is Nikolai Abplanap. So do we want to give him the book, the seal one cleaning kit or the mission first tactical Letty? What do you want to award him? Um, what's your show, but I, Hey, I'd say give him the book for me. Okay, you know, you're the guest. If I'm picking him or whatever, I'd give him my book. Okay, there you go. So Nikolai, you get Daniel's book, the asset mindset. Email me talking at gmail Need your address. We'll forward that on to, I guess, to Sydney. Is that who's sending it? Yes, I'll forward that on to Sydney. Um, all right, who gets? The drink. The drinky drink. The drinky drink. Yeah. The, so we're going the Mission First Tactical drinkware here. AK guy would love that. AK guy. There you go. Question about the AK. B. Hurst. You get a Mission First Tactical. It's not necessarily the one I'm holding right here, but you will get a Mission First Tactical. Call them Letties. You'll get a Letty, but it doesn't have my logo on it. I call them drinky drinks, too. It's, 
my drinky drink, man. I might need to get one of them. That looks pretty good. I'll send you one. I'll get your address. I'll hook you up. I got several back here. Oh, uh, and then the Seal One cleaning kit. Seal One and done for all your gun cleaning, lubricating, uh, and care needs. Seal One. We've got the Gosh uh, Dumont. They're asking about the unique difficulties guarding celebrities. Got tongue for twisting. He had three questions. Who is the hardest person to bodyguard? Any close calls like someone almost breaching the protection zone? What is your go-to carry while being a bodyguard? That's a good question. Oh, I didn't answer that one. But I, I do a, a Glock 19 is my EDC or everyday carry. Okay. You got it on you right now? Yes, sir. Let me see it. That's that's what I carry too. Is it? Yeah, nice. I don't have the light on mine though. No, we got to get you a light, man. Get you a light. Oh, I, I have a light. Hand got a hand light. Yeah, I do both. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, that's the EDC. But check out the holster. So you got a, the minimalist. What is? Who makes that? It's uh, and called the Naked Holster. The Naked Holster, and it just goes over the trigger guard. That's cool. Yep. That's, that's all it is. So part of what I do, sometimes I'm suited up. So I don't want to have bulky, you know, if I'm driving the Rolls Royce or I'm doing whatever <laughs> and I'm, you know, suited and booted, as we call, I don't like to be having a large profile yeah. where I'm going in. So that's where I love. I used to carry, a, you know, a Kydex bigger one and, and that's why i don't have a light either because i want slim sure but i still want the number of rounds yeah so that's why i can carry the 15 i don't want to have a single stack because rounds are important if it really does go down yeah absolutely i agree 100 percent. but that uh what's the name of that that uh holster uh, the naked holster the naked holster okay i've seen others with that same concept where it's just very it just goes over the trigger guard basically very minimal Kind of deal. Do you uh, in the waist or out of the waist? It's uh, in the waist. You carry in the waist. And the great thing about this one here is I've been also able to wear it with, like, we've gone to the beach or whatnot, and I'm wearing like board shorts or something like that, yeah. or just whatever. That will hold hold with shorts or even like a bathing suit. I can pull, and it won't like all come off. Right. It will actually release. Nice. It really has like sharp teeth that dig into fabric even. So if, as long as you've got a drawstring that's in your waist or anything like that, it but it will damage belts. Okay. So if I'm wearing a nice belt, I'll actually put it on my jeans or my pants, and then I'll put the belt through the loops, and so it's under it. So it makes it that much more even concealed Right. because you don't see the clip because the belt's covering it. Gives you more retention too that way. Yes. Yeah. That's cool. I'll have to check them out. Definitely. All right. So winners, email me, talkingletgmail.com. Tell me what you won, and we're going to need your mailing address, obviously, to, to get that stuff to you. Uh, but thanks to everybody who participated. Appreciate all the questions, all the participation, and uh, we'll be doing more. So make sure you tune in to the Talking Let podcast. Well, I've thoroughly enjoyed having you on. I would love to have you back, uh, especially uh, if you do another book. 
we'll have you back on. But sounds like we're running in some of the same circles, so maybe we could hook up maybe at Royal Range or um, – you know, I'm sure you guys go to the shot shows and the NRAs and you know all that that stuff. I think Kid Rock's been to, to some of those a few times, but uh, let's definitely keep in touch. Yeah, no, definitely. And if um, you want, I'll give you two great leads. I've already talked to you about Ray Cash. Yeah, absolutely. Care. Yeah, that'd be great. Watchtower um, Firearms because he did a video shoot with him and Rob Neal with me and then Andy Lang. I don't know if you know who he is from Leatherwood Distillery. He's a uh, Green Beret. Sounds hey, like I, I need to know him. him distillery yeah (laughs) (laughs) but uh so the four of us did a shoot here at my house so that's going to be coming out on video but i'm sure ray Ray would love to talk to you he's a seal you guys it would just click i mean talking lit he's got watchtower firearms oh yeah and then um i don't know if you know of a travis wilson sounds familiar he is alpha elite performance he's also a green beret and he does mutant munition so okay. he actually sells rounds and procures ammo so i'm sure you've seen the bud light um video <laughs> that went around uh, i don't so, know i saw several i don't know what was it Partic- in particular what is kid it rock's bud light video you haven't seen that kid rocks bud light one yeah the I've, bud light video. I've heard about it i haven't seen it oh okay well, let anyway, me pull I it up to say all that ammo was from mutant munitions let me pull it up yeah you kid rock bud light if does, can't help but come up. Does he mind if I show this? No, nah, he won't care. Okay. I mean, it's already been out there. It's so everywhere. I think this may be it right here. Let me share my screen. Is it this one? Yep. All right. Oh, no, that's caught drinking Bud Light after months after... Oh, he's holding a gun. Kid Rock's violent reaction to Bud Light's trance. Yeah, that 34-second one. This yeah, looks like it. Bud Light, yeah. That it? yeah. And you'll see my Chevy Silverado in the background. Here it is. <laughs> Here we go. Grandpa's feeling a little frisky today. Grandpa's feeling a little frisky today. Let me uh, say something to all you and be as clear and concise as possible. Nice. Fuck Bud Light and fuck Anheuser Busch. Have a terrific day. <laughs> That's great. Where's your Where's your Silverado at? Grandpa's feeling a little frisky today. It's right off behind his shoulder. Let me uh, say something to all of you and be as clear oh, and concise it. as possible. Like when he turns right. Oh, there it was. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. yeah. Is this on your property where he's doing this? Was that your property? No, uh, that's his property. Oh, okay. That's his property. I got you. Oh, that, I don't know how I didn't see that. I heard about it. I just never had an opportunity. I'm but, sure he'll uh, do that with... Uh, a mutant, mutant um, munition. Mutant munitions. So we got the ammo from... Yeah, man. He, hook me up with all the Green Berets and Navy SEALs. <laughs> We'll have them all on the well, show that's, together. That's, that's, that'd be right great. Now, I think that would, they're great Americans. They're very positive people, and they're doing great things. And I think they would be perfect for your audience. One's running the munitions company. I'm the down. Watchtower Firearms. 
Maybe they can do a giveaway with you. I, I don't know. I'm not going to speak for them. Sure, sure. But Maybe we could time. all get together in Nashville and we'll go to Royal Range and I'll bring the studio there and we could all get on and do a show together. That'd be awesome. Yeah, maybe. That'd be awesome as hell. I'd love it. All right, Leadheads, that does it for another episode of the Talking Lead Podcast. Make sure you go and show Daniel all the love on his Instagrams, which is? The Asset Mindset. And you go to his website. Uh, there's the book. Buy the book. Let him know you heard him here on the Talking Lead Podcast. But until then, as always, Leadheads, keep your loved ones close. And your firearms closer. The difference between ordinary and extraordinary is just a little extra. So if you want to have an extraordinary life, just do a little extra and it's going to make a world of difference. Stay strong.